Let me just remind everyone joining us here to go to HankStrange.com, get on our email list. That's the best way to support us right now. You can also go to Lola'sDeals.com. Lola's always posting deals and things like that up on the internet. And uh, shout out to Harry's Holsters for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, they make Kydex holsters, fine Kydex holsters. And if you use the code HankStrange, you get 10% off at Harry's Holsters. So that's all of that out of the way. Um, Crispy, this is your first time being on the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. We do this thing, little thing called jazz hands here, man. Just to get, you know, even the tough guys like you, we make you do jazz. We're taking it back. You know, we're taking back jazz hands. So if you don't mind, can we get some jazz hands popping in here? Yeah, there you go. Crispy 11B is here. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. I know you guys are excited for this. We've got Crispy 11, Omar Avila, a.k.a. Crispy 11B, joining us here. Um, This is episode 570 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. We should also be getting Babyface P. And around 8 o'clock, we should also be getting Maj Ture of Black Guns Matter popping in here to join us. I don't know where uh, I don't know where Babyface is right now. He might have fallen. Oh, asleep. I'm here. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> oh, good lord! It's been busy. It's been a busy, busy, busy day. All right, thank you for joining us. <sighs> we appreciate it. We appreciate you being here with us. Um, so, like I said, we've got Crispy. He's here with us. We've got uh, Babyface here is jo- is joining in. Um, Crispy, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for doing this. I know you're really busy, very popular. What are you eating? Marley made, <laughs> fresh, Marley made fresh banana bread with uh, <laughs> uh, chocolate chips in it. Oh. Chocolate chips? Hold on a second. So good. Is that even supposed to go in <laughs> banana bread? Uh, oh, it's so good. Oh. Yeah, you, you got to add it, man. My wife made it the other day, too. It's so good. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? With, uh, yeah. With, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know that yeah. was a thing. We had some bananas that were like. You can even add strawberries to it too. Oh, that sounds good too. Yeah. (laughs) And some milk to finish it. Oh, milk. Yes. This is how I'm finishing my dinner. I, I made homemade spaghetti sauce and we did some tortellini with it. I've been busy with calls all day for work and then sitting down for this, so I'm I'm good. Let's do this. Okay, this is gonna be yeah, this is gonna be an epic show. Like I said, we do have crispy 11b crispy. Um, and, and by the way, to all the people joining us right now, please smash the thumbs ups. Okay, actually, let me drop the open on everyone. The official open. Welcome back. There we go. The I forgot about that. Situation. So subscribe, the smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified. And by the way, you know, share this, share this if you can on social media, and definitely hit those thumbs ups. We appreciate that. Crispy, thanks for being here. Like I said, man, can you break it down? There's a few people out there that might not know about you. Some people do know about you. Can you just give us a little rundown of uh, exactly who you are? Yeah, man. Um, so I, I was in the Army from 2004 to 2010. Uh, I retired in 2010 after being severely wounded in Iraq. Uh, my vehicle ran over an IED. And uh, as a result of it, I sustained 75% burns to the body, third and fourth degree burns, mm-hmm. and had my right foot uh, partially amputated. And after nine years of um, limp salvage, we found cancer in it, so I ended up amputating below the knee. And uh, that's pretty much uh, where the uh, where the name Crispy came from, from the burns and, and um, you know, making fun of the, of, of the situation and making light of the situation. Mm-hmm. 
that's what I should say. It was one of those things where, like, man, you can either let it contain you and get a hold of you, or you can just, like, move forward with it, make fun of it, and, and, and use it as a tool instead of a crutch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's so many things that I found this interesting about your story when I was, uh, you know, researching it and stuff like that. We've met each other. I think we met most recently at SHOT Show, the last gun show was ever. <laughs> was it or was it the NRA? Was it? Before? Oh, last year? I think so. Wow, was it that long ago? It, I, yeah, I think I met you at the, at the uh, is it Architect booth? Okay. Yes. Yes. We met at Accutech last year, and then I think we bumped into a get to each other again at Shot Show probably this year. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you. Yeah. You probably meet a, a ton of people. When I was looking this up, man, the the IUD. This is what I saw. You can like confirm this or not. The IUD was two hundred pounds. Yeah, it was a two hundred pound IUD. Um, oh, it was actually crap. they actually dug it. Uh, they dug it on the ground. They buried it, and so. What? There was a guy that had a command detonation that was in a building, pretty much just waiting for us and robot to pull the trigger. Wow, is is that uh, is that individual still uh, above ground? Do you know? <laughs> he is below ground. Uh, after I was uh, sent out of uh, Iraq, um, my team went and did a uh, uh, knock on and search, as you can say, and the individual happened to fall on top of a. Uh, Five five six round. Okay, all right. <laughs> cool. yeah. Good, good little, to hear. Nice little convenient uh, accident there. <laughs> Accidents happen. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. yeah, it's so it's so um, I don't know. It's so crazy. So you, not only did this um, did this thing go off. I think the uh, from what I was reading, the vehicle you guys were in. What kind of vehicle were you in? It was a Humvee. It was eleven fifty one. Okay, so this went up in the air. I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. And then, from what I read, it crashed back down. Were you thrown from the vehicle? Um, no, I was actually, like, I fell back inside because I was a gunner. So, mm -hmm. when the vehicle hit, my legs buckled and I fell um, to the passenger side, uh, to the back passenger side, which where Specialist Harkey was at. And, um, you know, when I fell on his laps, the IED had hit right behind him and he, mm -hmm. was, he was KIA, killed in action, yeah. uh, insustainable. Yeah. That's tough. And then so and then from what I read, you were you were somehow like returning fire while the, the I did. So when it, okay. yeah, when it initially happened, um, I was I was returning fire. I got back up on my gun and started shooting back. There was enemy all around us. Um, so it was one of those things where I knew if I didn't get up and and get support by fire, uh, everybody else in the vehicle was going to die. Yeah, and got, all the other guys around us were going to die. Right. And, and the, the vehicle was on fire itself. I was yes. Wow. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. You oh, you're a badass, man. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I've met some uh, badass was, dudes doing this thing, but was, you are pretty badass. I was just doing my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um. So there's lots of people out here thanking you for your service. Um, you know, I I I'd like to uh, join those guys out there. Is it? I know you probably have to talk about this stuff a lot, man. Is it difficult to talk about it? Is it? gotten easier from having to you know relive this over and over again with when you when you meet folks like us no not at all so that was one of the biggest things that i did after i was wounded you know i shared my story a few times with a bunch of close friends and uh, i noticed the impact that i was making and i i noticed that me telling the story was keeping my brother's uh memories alive 
<clears throat> so I, I took some classes. I went to a couple of schools and, and really took it on to become a, a motivational speaker. So I started touring the country and I've done motivational speeches in high school, colleges. I've done some for professional football teams, professional basketball, baseball. I mean, you name it. I, I've been around the country and, uh, you know, been able to get out there and tell my story um, to a lot of individuals out there. And then and it's helped me. You know, it gets a little easier every single time. <clears throat> but like I said, most importantly, it allows me to share the story of my brothers and and, and allows me to, to plant their name in people's heads because when they're done and when they leave that, that seminar, they're, they're going to remember Harkey. They're going to remember Sergeant Campos. You know, they're going to remember all those guys that stepped up in a time when um, there was chaos. People were dying and, and it was just a hard time. People stepped up and, and did their jobs. And performed to a level that um, I think a lot more people that have never been in that situation would have buckled and would have given up. So um, it's not hard. It's part of me. Um, I love sharing my story. I love talking about everybody that was involved that day. And, and ultimately, you know, I just think that the story needs to be told as, as much as I can to as many new people as I meet. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's um, man. This like, uh, have they made a movie of this yet, or have you written the books? Have <laughs> the movie rights been? Because uh, it's amazing when I when I look at all the details of this. Yeah, no, we're actually in the process of working on a book. I've put it off for so long, and um, you know, it's just it's just one of those things, man. I didn't. <clears throat> I wanted to come at this different. I didn't want it to be another another book that that is. Oh, I I joined the service after nine eleven and. You know, I became this person and went and did this and did that and killed all these people and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it, it's all cool, I guess. I, I mean, I'm not knocking anybody else's service, but I wanted to do it different. I wanted to be um, a book where people could see the beginning, when I got wounded, the struggle, and then afterwards, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and I don't want people to always define me as just a wounded soldier you know i i got more on my resume under that you know i got i currently hold a lot of world records uh for powerlifting and, mm -hmm. and i you know for for just a bunch of different things that are outside of the military so that's kind of what we're going to focus on we're going to touch on that and and touch on the on the people that i've met along the way you know from burn kits to burn firefighters to um just a bunch of different people out there that i've met that i can relate to and you know, just friendships that I've developed over the years from, you know, from like, I'm not name dropping or anything, but like, you know, like Trump Jr. and, and George Strait and um, all these professional athletes that I hang out with, all these other musicians, like, because of my story and what I've been through, I've made friendships all over the world. And it's, it's been something that is, it's been so dear to me that I want to share all that with people. I don't want it to be just another military book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. There's so many things uh, I think about the story that's interesting. Like, um, and almost, almost the reason why I thought about the movie thing, almost like a movie. I think this was your first and only tour, right? This was the first time you were going in there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how long were you? Uh, this this was in Iraq, right? It was, yeah. Yeah. So, how long were you there before this happened? Eleven months. Eleven months. Yeah. Yeah. And you basically, um, you you you, uh, you were in high school when nine eleven happened. I was. I was a sophomore in high school. Okay, and that's why you joined up. 
Yeah, that's primarily why. So <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people know, but I, I wasn't born in the U.S. I was actually born in Mexico um, mm-hmm. and came to the United States when I was nine years old and uh, became a citizen two weeks before 9-11 happened. Wow. So ultimately, that, that's kind of what made me want to join. It's what you know pushed me to join because when we were attacked um, as a brand new American, as in, you know, I, I feel proud of being American. I was given that gift uh, of saying that I was an American and I wanted to go fight because we as an Americans had been attacked and I wanted to take it to the bastards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- this is this is the reason why, like for me, I just think there's so many there's so many facets of this story, man, that just make it amazing. I think I can relate to you. Um, I was born outside of America. Uh, where where exactly were you born? In Mexico, Mexico. It's a small town called uh, Villahermosa, Tabasco. Okay, so you're completely Mexican. <clears throat> yeah, Mexican descent. Okay, people always say that we look alike. There's always people that are like, "Oh, you look like Crispy. Are you you know, are you related to him?" It's funny how a lot of people around the world we we uh, you know we look like each other. I was born in Guyana, um, and I came to America when I was 11. You know, um, I'm obviously uh, a little older than you, but yeah, I think most of us can relate to that, regardless of where we came from. That on 9/11 we felt like under attack, you know, and and even if you come from outside of America, you come here for a reason. And when people yep. attack that, you really you feel it really deeply. Oh, for sure, 100. percent You know, you. It's like I said, when I became a U.S. citizen, I I, I felt attacked. I felt like. This was this was on me, you know. They attacked the American people, and I, I had just become an American, and I was so proud to be one that it really hit home that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so just walk me through that whole process, if you don't mind. Like you, you nine eleven happened. What, were you you uh, junior, senior in high school? What was sophomore. Sophomore. Okay. I was a sophomore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. I was in a U.S. history class. I mean, everybody remembers when they were on 9-11. Yeah, uh, U.S. history class and, um, you know, just first period, man. And then, then it happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I remember... Um, and you were in Texas, there. right? You're, you're, you're like I was. In yeah, Texas, yeah. okay. Yeah, I've been raised here, uh, you know, all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my life. But, yeah, I've been, been raised here and I still live here. Um, but, you know, I was in class and it was just one of, like... Everybody in class was shocked. We were all crying, and and, mm-hmm. and right then and there, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And you know, as a sophomore, I put that on the back of my head and, and continue to live my life and continue to go to school and, and continue to play sports. Mm-hmm. And I was a, a very good uh, football player. Had chances of going play collegiate football. Had offers, and um, you know, when it all came down to it, I uh, that that seed that had been planted that was in the back of my head actually came forward and said, "Hey." You remember how you felt that day? You remember that you wanted to do something about it? Well, here it is. And mm-hmm. and I told myself that right then and there. I said, you know, you're either going to go make this a career or you're going to go in for a few years and get, get some stuff done, contribute to society, and then go back to school. And that's kind of what, what the plan was. And so I ended up signing. I went to Fort Benton, Georgia, became an infantryman, and um, ended up being stationed in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wow. Can you paint a picture for, like, who was Omar Avila, you know, before all of these things happened? I know you said you did football, so I'm guessing you were, like, big guy, you're into sports. Yeah. yeah, what was your thing, man? What, what you know, how did you see the world turning out for you before all of this? 
Oh man, I saw the world. I mean, I was a cocky kid. You know, I was I was an exceptional football player. People were were coming to scout me from all over the country. People wow. were taking pictures of me. I was in the newspaper, like so. I I've been in that spotlight before all of this, and you know, I I believe my own hype. I know I was like, yeah, I'm going to the NFL. Like I'm going to go play at some badass college, and then I'm going to go to the NFL, make a lot of money, and be that guy. So mm-hmm. that's what it was before mm-hmm. because. Yeah, you because know, it's just kind of what I saw every single day, and that's just kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a, it's amazing how uh, life can uh, turn around, you know, turn around so fast on you. So you know, after all, too. go ahead, huh? I said life can turn around on to you really fast too, so you yeah. really don't um, take it for granted. Yeah. Do you do you ever like think, hey, if I could go back in a time machine? I would change this thing or that thing. You know, do you, do those thoughts? No, okay. not at all. Um, not at all. I mean, because you know that that's going to change the course of where I'm at today. If I mm-hmm. were to change something like that, who who keeps it from me had been this successful, you know, NFL player that you know could have gotten in drugs or or been drinking and driving one out on my fast car and killed somebody mm-hmm. or yeah, you know, just. To be at one hundred percent. Yeah, you could shoot be- yourself in the leg in a club or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and honestly, I'm happy and content where I'm at today. So, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I honestly don't. I, I don't. I don't ever want to do that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure people have a lot of questions. The, the other thing I wanted to uh, maybe get into before we get into other stuff here. How did all of that uh, wind up with you getting into the gun world? I know you said you you got into powerlifting, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So how did the gun did the gun world find you? Did you find the gun world, the gun community? I mean, how did this I, happen? So I mean, coming from from Mexico, a country where you know guns aren't allowed, and not that I ever knew that they weren't. You know, I grew up here in the states, and mm-hmm. you know, I never realized that there was always. Um, I was always fascinated by them. My father um, was in the service as well, and you know he he had a few guns around the house, and he used to take my brother and I shooting uh, whenever he could. You know, we shoot revolvers and we shoot um, you know regular pistols, and we shoot a couple of shotguns and stuff here and there. So that was always there. And just being in the military, you know, I, I learned a lot more. I learned how to take it apart. You know, what an AK was, what an AR was. You know, you start learning all these things, and you just want to be proficient at your job. So that's kind of what I did. And, you know, after I got out of the army and I was retired, uh, medically retired, and I didn't have a, a job for a couple of years, I, um, you know, I found myself building ARs. I found myself um, putting a bunch of guns together and going out and shooting and, and just kind of um, exercising my Second Amendment and just, you know, doing what I loved and which is weapons. And that's kind of where it was. And then the world kind of met me and I met social media and it was just one of those things where I came in and it's just exploded. Like people um, were very welcoming. People were super awesome to me, and uh, you know I loved it. It was it was pretty cool to experience that. Just being a kid from no, nowhere uh, to being you know welcome into the into the gun community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you definitely you definitely have a lot of uh, friends out there. You know we've seen you in a couple of uh, controversies. I guess we could say. 
I know. I know there was something that happened with Trump. Where was this? Uh, I'm going to pull up this article here. Wait, wait, what did I do with this? Because there was an article that I found that says uh, here. I'm going to share it with everyone on the on the screen here in a second. Uh, here, let's get this. Uh, is that the one with uh, Junior? Yeah, it's well. This one I think is in heavy. Uh, this was on Heavy. I found this on Heavy.com. It says, Omar Crispy Avila, five fast facts you need to know. <laughs> they have a oh, book. damn. I need to know what that one was. <laughs> you have your own five fast facts. That's a, that's <laughs> a great deal. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. I didn't awesome. know that existed. No. <laughs> oh. I, so, the, uh, and the first thing in there is the picture of you and Trump Jr. But I guess, so for some reason, um, Instagram took this picture down. What's the, what's the story with that? Yeah, so this was at the NRA. Um, Junior has always been a, a, a really good, supportive uh, person. He's always been interested in my story. So we, we met each other, uh, I want to say, at the at the NRA in Dallas is where we, in Dallas, we originally okay. met. Yeah, yeah, where we met for the first time. And, you know, he's like, hey, man, give me a call sometime. Let's stay together. You know, let, let's keep me in touch. And it's just super down to earth, real positive person. He's yeah. like, and think, he's a you know, for real gun guy in the Trump family. I think there's a couple of people, but but Junior is the like hardcore gun guy about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, so, I've seen him at all these shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we sat there, we were talking about um, like long distance shooting, and you know, he was asking me a couple questions, and we were going back and forward, and we were just kind of analyzing different rounds that were coming out, and. You know, I think at the time, the, the what was it, the 224 Valkyrie had just released. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. him and I were, were talking about specs about that and, and you know, and, and and how to make it a very precise round. And um, so we had that that in common, uh, along with we share the, the same um, uh, beliefs and whatnot. So we, we hit it off really fast, um, just started hanging out and, and, and it built up to that. So. We were at NRA. Uh, fast forward to what was it? Is it uh, Indiana? I believe this was. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see yeah, this picture if there's a credit on this one. I know it has seventy four thousand likes. <laughs> it might have been in Indiana. I think that's what it was. Uh, Indi- um, okay. It was in Indiana. So we ended up going to India. Uh, so he texted me that morning and he said, "Hey, you want to grab coffee before we go into the show?" Oh yeah, it's he's Indiana. Like, catch- mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, "All right, let's catch up, brother." So. We ended up meeting at the uh, at the hotel that we were both staying in. Uh, we had a cup of coffee. You know, we chatted. We talked a little more about guns. We talked about, hey, possibly going hunting together. And, um, you know, then we took a picture. He went a, uh, about his way. And, and then uh, that was the last day of the NRA. So I went down, walked around, met with a bunch of people, you know, and, and hung out. And then I flew home. And when I got on the plane, I shared that picture. So I was like, you know, it was very, very blunt, like, message. It had nothing to do with being political. I wasn't pushing any agenda, anything. All I said was, hey, brother, it was good catching up with you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day and hanging out and actually catching up. Uh, have a good one. That was yeah. it. There was yeah, it's no- a pretty boring, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, like, there was no, you didn't have, like, two machine guns. <laughs> No, no, yeah, it was like, a pretty, pretty boring picture. It was just <laughs> yeah. him and I and, and just acknowledging the person that he is. And and honestly, that was it, man. That was it. And uh, so I posted that picture. I got on the flight uh, and flew home. When I landed here in Austin, Texas, um, I opened up my phone and, you know, just to we were on the on the runway and I opened up the phone and I was like, I got a message right away. And, and you know, I, it was. Kind of my mistake because I should have taken a picture of that 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it said, you know, you violated Instagram terms. You know, X picture was taken down. And, and here I am thinking like, oh, was it a gun picture? Was it a hunting picture? Like, what was it that got taken down? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, and, and I went and I opened up my Instagram and I'm trying to look. And the first thing that caught my eye, I was like, wait a minute, the picture of Junior and I is gone. Like, was that it? And, and sure enough, that's what it was. They had taken down that picture because of that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, re- I I then later on grabbed it and I said, all right, um, since Instagram wants to take this down, let's give this another try. And I posted it. And I uh, I told Junior, like, and Junior reached out to me and he's like, are you, are you effing kidding me? They, they took that picture down. And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, you know, they, they did. I wish I would have gotten a picture of it. Where it said that uh, that um, you violated the terms, mm-hmm. the terms or whatever, and right. I wish I could show it to you. And he's like, "You don't need to show me that. I believe you." He's like, "I don't. You're not the type that would do this for, um, you know, attention or anything." And I was like, "I'm. I'm I was like, 100. I'm really not that dude. Like, <laughs> I it was strange that this picture is gone. You know, like mm-hmm. it. It's gone. And yeah. he's like, that's so messed up.' And He's like, uh, he's like, all right, man. So I'm gonna repost it, and I was like, okay, whatever you like. So he reposted it, and then next thing you know, a, a bunch of people started calling me. Like, is it Breitbart or whatever they're called? Oh, they they got in on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were the. I don't know how the hell they got my number, but they called me. Uh, they'll find you. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was like, hello, and they're like, hey, we're so and so. Like, we like to talk to you, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to you guys. I'll tell you what happened, and I mm-hmm. did. I told them what had happened, and. You know, they're like, you mind that we write an article and quote you on it and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, not at all. You know, do what you got to do and, and, and put it out there. And they did. They um, they wrote the article. They put it out there. Next thing you know, you know, I wasn't really thinking anything of it. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Like, I wasn't expecting this to blow up the way that it did. But it did. And next thing you know, like, so many news outlets are sharing it. It's all over the place. <laughs> like. Um, next thing you know, I'm, you know, uh, Joe Rogan is, is a mutual friend and, you know, he's talking about me on his podcast and it's just exploded. I mean, mm-hmm. every single, every single paper that you get or, or publication out there that's available mm-hmm. had put it out. And it, I was just like, oh, okay. And it just spread like wildfire, man. It was crazy. So this was like the first like viral moment for you. It wasn't all the other stuff that you did. That ever went? No, this no, crazy. no, not at all. This no, this I one thing you took it. a picture with with Trump that 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 was your violation. You can't post Trump yeah, pictures. Yeah, I mean that was the violation on Instagram, and or, this is just yeah. another way. Or, or Trump can't be in a picture next to a you know a person of color here. You know, I mean you know it, it, it's it's, a, it's absurd. That's what it was. It right. was uh, you know, and then then Instagram came out and denied um, Jamie, who's you know does all the stuff for Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like, Hey man, I tried to reach out to Instagram and they said that they didn't do it, that, you know, it could have been you, that you, maybe you disactivated your account. And when you activated it again, the picture was gone, but come on, realistically, why would I delete my account? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if this is, this is no, who deletes your account on social media other than they don't ever want to come back. And I delete it for three hours to come back like that. Yeah. No. And you can't um, accidentally so, yeah. do that either. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so like Joe hmm. defended me and, and you know, it was all that good stuff. And, uh, it, it just, it was crazy, man. Yeah. It was crazy. Let that be a lesson to you. Anytime you get, like, I got that message recently. Every time I like, if, so when you log in to Instagram and they do something like that to you, that'll be the first thing you got to screen capture it because yep. they first always scream innocent. <laughs> 
They always that or, do or this. You, that or you can do what I do now, man. I honestly don't give a flying F anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what they take down or they don't. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it, it is their platform that belongs to them. And mm-hmm. I'm using it and I just don't care. Like, if they delete it, oh, well, whatever. It, it just doesn't bother me anymore. Like, you know, a lot of people get, get worked up uh, about, oh, being shadow banned or or, or people not seeing their stuff anymore. I just, I've gotten over it. I really don't care anymore. Like that's mm-hmm. to the point where like, you know what, whatever, I'm using their platform. And if, if that's what they want to do, then that's fine with me. I don't, I don't care. Like do what you got to do. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. So I, what would oh. you, so along those lines, what would you do if one day you woke up and uh, Instagram deplatformed you? I think that's your biggest, your, your, your biggest uh, social media that you use, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the most followers. Yeah, I mean, I think on, on we we do a lot of stuff on YouTube as well, but we're not that big. We've mm-hmm. probably got like thirty thousand subscribers. I mean, it's not that big. Yeah. Uh, By the way, everyone out there should be uh, going and following Crispy. It's a Crispy Eleven B. You even got the check mark, man. The, <laughs> wait, hold on. Let's see here. I'm trying to. Is my phone not connected? It must not be connected to this thing. I'm trying to to pull it up. Let me see if my phone. Yeah, for some reason my phone's not actually popping up on here. But yeah, it's crispy, eleven B. Right yep. for anyone out there who wants to know. Uh, yeah, like I said, I can't. For some reason, for some reason they will not let me pull my phone up on here, which I don't know why. What's the deal with that? But uh, we'll we'll make we'll figure out a way of getting it to work here. Um. Yeah. So hold on a second. Let me see. Go back. Go back to the screen. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So um, that's the biggest one, right? Do you have backups? Do you have alternatives? Nope. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you're on. Tw- I think you're on Twitter, right? But you don't really use that. Uh, no. Again, that's another one of those where like we're mm-hmm. probably like at fourteen, fifteen thousand followers, and I don't understand Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't get it. They're so mm-hmm. retweeting and sharing stuff, and like, mm-hmm. but I don't get it. But, anyways, yeah, uh, Instagram is the most, the most, the one that I use the most, and mm-hmm. and where I post a lot more. But and and I'll be honest with you, man. If the day ever comes where they're like, "Hey, we're deplatforming you," that's that's the end of me that you'll ever see. I'll, I'll never make another one. I won't do it. I mean, um, but I don't see that happening. I mean, obviously, as you can see, they. They verified me, so I don't think that would ever happen just because I've been verified. But you mm-hmm. never know. And I, again, man, to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've seen a lot of guys that get, you know, the platform and they make the huge deal and they're crying and they're doing all this stuff and they, you know, go all against Instagram and all this other crap. I'm, I'm to the point where, like, if it happens, you know what, whatever, they have their reasons. Yeah. It's mean, their platform. They're the ones that spend millions of dollars on servers. If that's what they want to do, that's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, you've gone through some more serious shit than that, so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, I think there's I mean, a lot. There, there's more. The worst thing more. in your world is not being deplatformed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not only that. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world. If you get mm-hmm. deplatformed, who cares? I mean, there's literally people getting murdered. There's people getting raped. There's people being used uh, every single day. They have it far worse than we do. Yet we tend. To, I'm gonna sit here and complain about social media. No, not mm-hmm. not gonna happen. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I have my perspectives in life very, very set, and and you know at the end of the day, this is I I don't care. Yeah, I respect it. I'm gonna cry like a big baby. 
I'm gonna make I'm gonna make videos. I'm gonna put on a blonde wig. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go all out, <laughs> get really dramatic. But I respect I respect your position. I respect your position. No, I understand. So let's do this though, because I really want to go into these five things since you didn't know about this. I really want to yeah, go. Definitely. I, yeah, definitely. I don't know them, so I'm, let's do it. Yeah, let's go through these five things. Let's. Uh, so let me see. We'll, we'll start from one. Okay, number one, Sergeant Omar Crispy Avila is a retired U.S. Army sergeant and wounded veteran. So I didn't know. Uh, you know that. No, I didn't. I, was I wounded? <laughs> <laughs> it says, according to an interview in Austin Fit Magazine, Avila shipped out to Iraq in 2004 for his first and last deployment. In the midst of an ambush, Sergeant Avila's vehicle drove over a 200-pound IED, resulting in catastrophic damage. With the IED hitting their fuel tank, it sent Avila's vehicle six feet up in the air, killing one. Wow. Being in a kill zone, Avila climbed back in the turret of the inflamed vehicle and provided cover for his teammates. So, that's amazing. That's an amazing fact right there. Uh, deployed 2006, got one in 2007. Uh, what else did they say that was wrong? There was two oh, people so there's I a couple things play. wrong right there. <laughs> yeah. Two people died, not one. Um, okay, they didn't check with you on this at all, then. <laughs> hey, come on. I don't know. I'm what do you okay. expect? Yeah, can we at least mention the people? So you said it was two people lost their lives here. I know. Uh, can we can we mention their names? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Specialist Harky and Staff Sergeant Campos. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you know, heavy heavy dot com. If if anyone ever hears this. Maybe you guys can uh, correct that. Uh, I'm scrolling through it here. It does show your, um, your, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Purple Heart that you have. I'm guessing this is one of your pictures from IG. Like it's a, it's the Purple Heart in your hands. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, it says there, this is an award I never wanted, but I'd rather me earn uh before any of my brothers have to go through the pain uh that it comes with so uh let's yeah. see uh it says after so just to go on for this number one it says after 100 surgeries and 15 years since his deployment avila is alive and well he's a recipient of the purple heart combat infantry badge as well as a thriving entrepreneur and social media mogul social media <laughs> mogul you're saying you just have Instagram. Uh, I mean, I know you, I know you have an OnlyFans account, Crispy. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't lie, brother. Just to let us know. We can put it out there right now. Social media. <laughs> that's where the real money yeah. comes from. Yeah. yeah, that's where the money comes from. That's where I buy all the from. Right, right. What's the, so what do you think? Did, have you had a hundred over a hundred surgeries? Yeah, hundred and three, and it's been uh, wow. thirteen years, not fifteen. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's all right. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Um, all right. So let's, uh, you guys want to go on to number two? Let's go on to number two here. We'll keep it. Oh, that was number one? That yeah. was just number one, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Number... They, they really went on there and wrote a lot, huh? Yeah. And they're putting a lot of stuff. It looks like all these uh, pictures they're throwing in here come from your IG. It says, number two, Avila is a vocal member of the National Rifle Association. Nope, never been, never will be. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow. No. Really? To the no. Really? They can't get yeah. anything right. Okay, so no. it says, 
Okay, hold on a second. Let me see who wrote this. Wait a second. We're going to have to go. tweet at them because it's so wrong. Yeah, who wrote this article? It says by Spencer Parlier. Parlier. Spencer Parlier. Dude, you might want to actually correct some of the stuff in this then if you didn't do it. So uh, let me go on and read that. It says Avila's run in with Trump Jr. was not a coincidence as both are vocal supporters of the NRA and the Second Amendment. Throughout Avila's Instagram, there are pro-gun pictures, messages, and memes. And uh, show some pictures like this one I'm looking at is a dude with a, a MAGA hat on. It says, nobody needs an AR-15. Nobody needs a whiny little bitch either. Yet here you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from <laughs> this is from this is from uh, this is a, probably a picture you took on the floor of the NRA um, and and it goes yeah so it goes on to say Avila doesn't just blindly praise the organization which has recently been on the fire not only by activists but also government officials the retired army veteran took to Instagram to state his frustrations with the higher-ups of the NRA. And it goes on, it posts a, a letter from the board, from NRA and all that kind of stuff, and and then your comments um, on that. But uh, you're saying that you, you're not, you were you ever an NRA member? Uh, no, I've never been. <laughs> okay. I've never worked. I, I love how they just assume because you went to an NRA meeting that you have to be a member. Yeah. So, were you like ever a paid spokesperson or official representative of the NRA in any way? Nope, never. Oh, never. <laughs> okay. the, only reason, the only reason I go to the NRA shows is because it's an actual show where you can walk the floor and meet everybody that right. follows you. Yeah. And actually yeah. interact with people, but. I've never been a supporter of the NRA. I've never been a member, and nowhere I'll ever support it till they get rid of. Uh, uh, Wayne Lapierre. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, so you're right along the lines with the rest of us, mm-hmm. and pretty yeah. much all, all the gun guys out there in the world. This is interesting. So I guess they just put you in there by pro. So these guys never interviewed you. No, I, I honestly had no idea that this was even a thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to number three. Let's go to number three here. Then uh, we're gonna do all of these. This is getting interesting now. I can't wait to hear the other. The other three. Uh, number three. Avila is a power lifter and champion. For other burn victims, today Avila uses social media to showcase his physical development since the injuries he suffered in Iraq. One quick scroll through his Instagram account shows how committed he is to powerlifting as well as motivating others who have suffered severe burn injuries. It seems to me, um, and that's probably true, right? Everything there is true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done the whole powerlifting thing for for a long time. Yeah, and then there's a video that you've posted on there of you lifting. Uh, it seems like this guy interviewed you by looking at your IG. It sounds Pretty about much. right. <laughs> that's, that's probably what he did, I because I <laughs> never did this interview with anybody. Wow, and okay. I've done a lot of interviews on, on the phone, on TV, everywhere, and I don't remember this one. Oh, okay, it says uh, he uses social media to develop relationships with other burn victims as well as trying to lift them up. His relationship with Jadiant Quinn is commonly shown throughout his page. Who's Jadiant Quinn? So Jaden is a is a young kid that was burned at the age of three. He's okay. uh, he's 18, 19 now. Yeah, he's nineteen oh, now. Okay, yeah, um, you've got was, pictures. He, yeah, so he was severely burned. He was burned ninety eight percent of his body. Um, mm. I, I it was brought to my attention on social media 
So I reached out to him and I was like, hey man, I hope I hope you're doing well. Like, if you ever need to talk, let me know. And then it happened that he was going to have a surgery in Galveston. So uh, my fiance and I drove up there, met up with him, had lunch with his mom and him, and and just got to know each other. We became really good friends. You know, it, it's a it's a bond that we both share. Being burned, and uh, you know, he knew that I understood him in a way that no one else can. And so we became really good friends and we're friends still today. And um, not only him, but I do a lot of stuff with, with burn kids just because, um, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that, that are going through through it. And yeah. when I was burned, I was 21 years old. I had lived my life. I was a football athlete. I had been in the service. I, you know, did my first sharing and running around, drinking and partying and all these things. I lived a normal life. I, I lived an all-American life. And these kids are growing up with burns. And let's let's be realistic. I don't care how much people think their kids are saints and one other. There's still kids out there who are little assholes and bully other kids. And he was getting for bullied sure. because of the way that he looked. Mm-hmm. And so I always wanted to be that protective for those kids and let them know that I'm here and look at the things that I'm capable of doing. If I can do them, you can do them. So I like, I like um, inspiring these kids and pushing them and, and showing them that you can. And, and that they can talk to me whenever they can talk to their parents because, let's face it, you know, we've all had issues that you don't want to talk to your parents about, but you can find in someone else. Mm-hmm. That's who I want to be for these kids, for these burn patients. And, and that's just, I feel like that is why I was spared and that's why I was given a third chance of life. Yeah. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think um, it's a superpower that that more people need to be able to live in your own skin for lots of different reasons. Um, you know, it, it's tough when you have to go through something like that. But I think one of the things that most of us can't do, even if even if we look like on the outside like the most beautiful, perfect human being, it's really difficult to learn how to live in your own skin. Mm-hmm. It is. It, I mean, it wasn't something that happened overnight. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. Like, I woke up one day and I was like, "All righty, boys, let's mm-hmm. go out there and cheer the world on." I mean. No, I definitely went through my struggles. I experienced, you know, hardship. I experienced, uh, you know, what, how the cruel the world can be. And, and um, all that shaped me up to be. And I've never been a quitter. My dad has never allowed me, neither has my mom, to be that type of person. So, um, you know, I just did what I did. I put my head down and kept pushing forward. And, and uh, along the way, I've learned a lot of things. You know, this happened when I was 21 years old. And, you know, at the time, I was still dumb and acting, you know, like a 21-year-old. Um, but as I got older, I realized I made a lot of changes in my life and, and, you know, I've had a lot of great mentors, uh, and that's what's helped me to who I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see here. I want to go on and hit as many of these as I can. Yeah. 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 What are we at? Number four? Yeah. We're not, uh, yeah. So (laughs) before we go to number four, it did talk about you, um, uh, says, uh, Avila also partnered with organizations to help out injured veterans and burn victims. For example, Avila, uh, teamed up with Sons of the Flag to surprise a friend of Avila's, Owen, with a new bike. Owen is also a victim of severe burns and amputation. So that's all true. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So um, number four, Avila is a vocal critic of the VA. Um, Yes, that's true. Okay, it says uh, being a veteran and a veteran who has suffered severe injuries due to combat. Avila has become an outspoken agent trying to improve and keep the VA accountable. Three years ago, when I walked into the VA to see my doctor about my wound reopening, she looked at it and said, you're fine. It will heal up. 
Two weeks later, I had my leg amputated below the knee because a doctor that doesn't work at the VA found cancer um, in my nub, Avila wrote in an Instagram post. Wow. Is that true? It is. So that was one of the things where um, I, I walked in and I, uh, you know, I, I, I had this, uh, this, this wound of mine under my foot opened up and it wasn't healing. I had been dealing with it six weeks and nothing was happening. So I walked in there and I was like, hey, I'm concerned about this. Like, I really, really want to get this looked at. She looked at it, gave me some meds, and she was like, you'll be fine. Nothing's going to happen. And I just I just knew I didn't trust her. I, I, didn't, I knew there was something wrong with my body. Like, you've known me, what, two years? Because I've been here now, but I've had this body for nine years. Like, mm-hmm. no. So I, w- I went back to San Antonio to Brook Army Medical Center where I've had all my surgeries, where I've been seen by every single doctor there. And I talked to them and I said, hey, listen, guys, there's something going on here that is that is not sitting right with me. There's something going on. And um, they, uh, they, they, they looked at it and they said, all right, we're going to have to do surgery. Let's close it up and let's move forward, you know? And I said, okay. So we did and... Um, you know, what, while I was under surgery, they're like, um, hey, you have uh, cancer here. So they took some of it out, uh, but they weren't able to get all of it, obviously. And um, when I came out, they told me, that, hey, um, you know, uh, you can't, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, they were like, we brought you out because we didn't want to keep you under for so long, but you still have cancer in there. We got to come in and do a bunch of other different things. And then, uh, and we're going to go back in and, and, and take it all out. And I said, that's fine with me. Let's, let's do what needs to be done. And that's kind of where, um, where all that went. I ended up going back for another surgery for it. And then, you know, the rest was history. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think they couldn't like do all of they couldn't you couldn't make those decisions immediately. Definitely not while no. you were under. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Um so the the VA thing, that's true. We hear that from um from uh, lots of uh, veterans out there. Uh, do you think anything's gotten better? I know that uh since the Trump administration uh took over here, they're supposed to be trying to uh change things, but obviously that's going to take, you know, some serious amount of time here. Do you think things are getting better? Do you think they've got a long way to go? What, what's your opinion on this? Um, you know, so the VA is never going to be, um, I don't think, unless we fire everybody and start fresh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to change. Um, I think there's there's as much corruption there as there is in, in Mexico, and, and everybody's in for it. Um, it's that to see. I've seen it at, at, at a level where, you know, you get generals that are retired out of the army and they take a VA job and they give jobs to their friends that they promised before they got out. Yeah. So um, it's just sad and you see, man, because at this point they don't longer care about the health and care of, of our veterans. They care about putting money in their pocket. So I think everybody needs to get fired. I think they need to restructure the whole thing again. And then and then maybe it, it'll actually be something good for the veteran community. Yeah. Did you want to add something to this, Patrick? No, no, I'm just I'm just listening in. Yeah. Um, I think with a lot of things, a lot of the major problems we have here in America, the way to deal with it is to hit the reset button. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100 percent. Yeah. 
A lot of people are afraid of doing that, but we really do. There's just so many things. And this is like a major, major thing to me because, you know, when there are people who voluntarily go to war and, and, and fight for their country, right, regardless of whether you agree with, you know, they don't, you don't make, get to make the decisions about what wars you fight, where you go, right, and how you serve. No. Yeah. When you do that, though, they need to serve you. You know, and, I mean, it's not hard. I mean, you know, yes, we go out there and do it selflessly. Like there's we're not doing it to we're not doing it to um, receive a pat on the back or a thank you or anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not for any of those. It's, it's a civil duty. And at the end of the day, the only thing that I think we're asking for is just to be taken care of our health when we uh, when we get out. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot that they're that we're asking for. It's just. Hey, if the day comes and I'm sick or I'm still struggling with, you know, with a knee or a back or something that happened during my time in service, please help me take care of it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's no there's there's nothing else other than that. Like, just help me with my injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a shameful thing, man. Uh, hopefully at some point here uh, we can actually do something about this but i don't know i don't know we could I we mean, could we could come up too with much six, corporate greed. yeah well we could we could just print up six trillion dollars man <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean another six yeah you know this is this is um insanity okay let's uh let's finish out number five and then we can get into we can get into some interesting stuff here but i want to get i want to get number five so all of this was uh this was all solid right number four Okay, yeah. um, let's go on. Number five, Avila is an avid Trump supporter. So it says Avila's relationship with Trump Jr. did not begin at the NRA convention in Indianapolis. In fact, Avila got to hear President Trump speak in San Antonio in early April. Shows a picture of you, uh, uh, Trump Spence. You got on a suit. Looking yeah. good. Looking good in the suit, by the way. Um and it says Avila was even able to get a signed Make America Great Again hat by the president. Is that true? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, I met, you know, Junior way, way before that. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm like a die, diehard. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that mm-hmm. you know, Trump can do no wrong. And I've never been that type, man. I, I see you know, the mistakes that he makes and I, I tend to call him out and, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's fine because, you know, even junior is like, Hey, you know, let's talk about this and let's make this, you know, what do you think about topics like this? And I'm like, well, yeah, I would change this. I would talk about this. Let's work on this. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm a hardcore die like Trump. Like I, I support what he does. I'm just, I, I, I'll call him out for the BS that he does sometimes mm-hmm. if he does it. Um, and so, what was the rest? I didn't know. Um, it was saying something about. So obviously, you you do have a relationship with Trump Jr. And they were talking yeah. about you getting a Make America Great hat again. Here, let me read exactly what it says here for everyone. It says um, uh, Avila was able to get a signed Make America Great Again hat by the president, a gift his friend Trump Jr. gave him. Of course, Avila's relationship with Trump Jr. continued in Indianapolis where they ran into each other and they took the picture Trump Jr. claims was taken down by Instagram because he was in it. So this might be a little bit of a hit piece. This is uh, a yeah, little yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, it is. They try um, to make a no, little no. point. Is, what is Heavy Magazine, by the way? Is this a weightlifting thing? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. 
I don't I think know. it's just some it's just some tabloid type thing like uh, oh okay like Gawker I think it's like Gawker it's one of those like crappy oh, tabloid okay. Things. okay yeah yeah no so the the event in San Antonio that was a private event it wasn't open to the public it was a public I mean it was a private fundraiser mm-hmm. and I got invited to it and you know went backstage and met with with the president and it was like the largest fundraiser private event that had ever mm-hmm. been held in the country um, so it was all. It wasn't open to the public. There was no cell phones, none of that stuff. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I received the hat from Junior. I, I can't remember what I had asked. or I think I said something online because he had posted a hat. And I was like, oh, those hats are cool. And next thing you know, you know, Junior sent me a hat signed mm-hmm. by his dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I actually used that hat uh, at a fundraiser that we had uh, for another nonprofit called The Boot Campaign. And we auctioned it off with with a 1911 uh, that had, you know, President's Trump face and stuff all over it. Oh, cool. So we wrapped it off with a hat because um, I was like, you know what? Like, this is cool for me to have. Like, I, I think it's it's a pretty cool thing. And, but I was like, I can know I, I know I know I can ask Junior for another one. Why don't we auction this off and make some money for this nonprofit? Yeah. And somebody out there that that really yeah. loves President Trump and would love to have this going to benefit from so that's kind of the route that we went with that yeah i mean that's like obama giving someone a signed birth certificate from hawaii <laughs> or something <laughs> i mean it in, and from like in this thing it makes it sound like you went there and trump signed it for you but you're saying that junior arranged that it was like hey that to me yeah, yeah yeah and that's cool and yeah. then you 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 raffled it off anyway but you know i mean i don't uh, yeah, I don't really see anything wrong with that. I think probably I'm going to say that they didn't really want to beat up on you because, you know, you've obviously left your pound of flesh out there. But they were trying <laughs> to use this somehow to make some kind of thing, statement, I think, mm-hmm. about uh, Junior. And and when it comes to us as gun guys, we can, we can take a poll here. I'm sure there's some gun guys that are just like 100% dogmatic to Trump and he could do nothing wrong and all that kind of stuff. I oh, think yeah. mo- most of us are a little bit more rational than that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, man. Like, listen, at the end of the day, do I support him? Do I, do I agree with with? With him being in an office, heck yeah, I tell I take him over Hillary all day, every day. Um, he's done a lot of good things. <laughs> Twice on country. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot of great things for the country. He's stepped up. He's done more than 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 people like to think that he's done. And mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I'm not gonna look over the dumb shit that he says sometimes because he does say some dumb stuff. Like mm-hmm. he has a big mouth. Like a lot of the things <laughs> that that he says, you know, I feel like caters to people that don't necessarily or aren't necessarily super educated sometimes and and they're so easy to grab all this information and throw it out there like um so if, if i get a chance to to say something that i don't agree with and if it doesn't sit right with me i'm gonna speak my mind i've never been the fact that i'm not i'm not just gonna sit back and be like well he's on my side that he can do nothing wrong it's unrealistic mm-hmm. it, it really is and and then it, i wouldn't be me if I if I came out and, and supported every single thing that he does because I don't agree with it all. Yeah, um, I don't think any of us do. And uh, one of the things I think, like uh, you can tell me what you think about it. When I look, or Patrick, you can feel free to jump in here. Trump is a typical New Yorker. I grew up in New York. Yeah, yeah, we talk a lot of shit in New York. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you bluff your way through a lot of things. <laughs> You do. I mean, let's sit here and be realistic about this. You know, right. they, 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 he's come out and said, I'm this great Republican. I'm this. He's like, dude, you, you hung out with nothing but liberals. You were a liberal yourself. Like, 
you just found a, a, a market where you were able to cater to 51% of the country and you were able to like come in and say the right things at the right time and you won. Now you're doing good things and, and, and it's awesome to see, but let's not sit here and, and, and act like he's always been a Republican and he's, you know, been a hardcore die no. hardcore Republican. He hasn't. No, like, I think he was, look- he, he was a Democrat for a long time. I've always shown, I always show people the video back in the days, like 1988. I remember that because that's when I graduated high school. Uh, Oprah, he was on Oprah, and Oprah was trying to get him to run for president. He was on David yeah. Letterman. David Letterman, which these are not, these are Democrats. These are very yeah. liberal people. Yeah. Um, and he grew up really there. Really good friends of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And they, well, they were friends with him. The funny thing is, is now a lot of these people are not friends with him. Uh, there were a lot of, we've seen him in movies. He's been in rap videos. <laughs> he was the man up until he became president. <laughs> and I always remember yeah. it was like a, I remember when the election night, when Trump actually won, and you guys could tell me if you're wrong. He had this look on his face, like, "What? These crazy people? Mm-hmm. They, they actually elected me? What? Yeah, he's like, he, he, yeah. I remember that he was cut off guard, like, "Wait, we won? Yeah, like, it's what? Like, oh, is this gonna happen? Yeah, is this for real? Yeah, it, and it's because you know, of Hillary. That, it's because of Hillary, like you said, man. Oh, nobody yeah, wanted Hillary. Hillary. No, dude, you had Democrats that didn't even want Hillary as a president. Yeah. I bet you, yeah, Clinton, I, Bill Clinton didn't vote for Hillary. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I believe it. I don't think you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I bet you, if we could look into this, we would find out he didn't do it. He didn't want to be the first husband or whatever nonsense no. they were going to come up with. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, and I think at the end of the day, I, I would agree with you. Like, the, if Trump does things that that most of us in the community think are wrong, we talk about it. Like. Uh, executive order to ban bump stocks? That's ridiculous. That's you, you, dude. I, and I know the people that own it. And you know how many, how many employees lost their yeah. jobs? How much money that company lost? Like, they yeah. went under, and they're still suffering. Mm-hmm. And then to come out and say like, uh, I don't, I don't like suppressors. I don't, you know, let's ban suppressors. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, buddy. Like, no. take a step back and realize who, you, who the people that are supporting you. Like, mm-hmm. you, I understand. I'm not giving up my suppressors, bro. About suppressors. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Neither am I. So, like, that, yeah. that's another thing that he yeah. attacked the gun industry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there's a bunch of other stuff that it's in 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 the office, sitting in in the desk that are gonna get passed or banned. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I really can't go into it because I've signed mm-hmm. a bunch of NDAs, but mm-hmm. if there's a couple of things that if they do get banned, I'm gonna, we're going to see this wave of people turn against uh, him. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. To me, it won't matter who becomes like, I don't care. People will say, oh, but then so-and-so will be president. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, there's certain things I'm not giving up. So the president's going to be the least of the worries of America. Under those sure. under those circumstances, so we're yep. just we're just I not agree. going there. Um, you know, so in this thing, it makes it seem like you're you're really close with Trump Jr. Do you ever get a chance to talk to him about any of this stuff? We do. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we do. Yeah. Do you we ever do. say to him like, "Hey, take your dad to shoot a machine gun or something"? I have before. <laughs> <laughs> what did he? I don't. I don't. Listen. I don't know if you could share what it, how, what his response was to that. Or uh, I don't think I can. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. I actually. I think. I, I think Trump Jr. is cool. 
You know what I'm saying? Because he seems yeah. like he's a real gun guy to me. Unfortunately, he's not the love, president. <laughs> I would love for him to run. I would. I would love for him to run. He wouldn't by a landslide. Unfortunately, you know, the conversations that we've had and, and stuff where he's come out and said he'll never get that job um, because of all the, the comes with it. And I completely understand. I mean, you know, they, they, they it's one of those where they, they're going to nitpick everything you do, you know, and everything, a lot of things and mistakes that we've done as humans in our past are all of a sudden going to come out and you're going to be judged by things in your past. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're in politics and, and let's be honest, I was a young stuff, y'all. Um, yeah. Oh, is that? I'm proud of, but yeah. No, I think I heard something that's probably in your background, right? No, Maj, I think, joined. Oh, is that Maj? Is Maj on? Yeah, Uh-oh. he's sitting he's sitting quietly on the side over there. Yeah, oh, okay, we got Maj in here. Hold on one second. Let me uh, get this all arranged over here in a second. I was wondering who's making the uh, the driving things. Maj, if you can, you got to turn your camera sideways. Oh, sideways? So, yeah, if you could do it, if you could do it. There you go. Boom. Okay, so, yeah, there you go. So, uh, Maj, we've got Crispy11B here. Um, you know, he's, he's a veteran. Uh, I don't know if you, have you ever heard of, uh, Crispy 11B? Have you, have you ever met, have you heard of, uh, Crispy? Yeah, I, I'm familiar with Crispy. I seen him last time I shot, but I ain't want to like hop all, 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 all in, you know, everybody was all in his face and everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I seen him at shot. <laughs> And I didn't want to fangirl out of no shit. <laughs> That's what I was uh, I was telling him that behind the scenes, man. I was like, you probably met Maj before. So, you know, okay. so here we so we get the opportunity right now to do the intro. So um Crispy, this is Maj. Maj, this is Crispy. Nice to meet What's you. What's up? Let me let me turn my joint on D and D real quick. Just to, oh. just to make sure I'm about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was quick. What's up, y'all? I'm 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 excited. A uh, lot lot of government overreach going on, you know, going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. Whatever y'all want to discuss. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. We we were getting uh, familiar here with Crispy uh, before you called in. We're glad we got you in here, Crispy. You're still good to go, right? You've still got some time. You can hang with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we we want to take different questions and stuff like that from people. Maj, by the way, he's the uh, founder of Black Guns Matter. I think he's joining us to tell us about um, his OnlyFans account that he just started. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody, all the gun guys are going to be on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> for anyone Yo, who is. <laughs> like between, between that and Pornhub, that's like the only sites uh, we can go to. Oh, like we got to put like gun porn up and, and be justified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, oh. I, was gonna, I was just going to, by the way, I, was just, I don't know if you could see Crispy's thing. He's either in a gun shop or a strip club right now, from his back. <laughs> from his background, this this is probably this is probably the nicest background. There's some nice guns back there, but you know some nice lighting and everything. Oh, there's a bed. So uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, he just oh, went. Oh, yeah. he just switched the lights. Definitely a strip club. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's really serious, man. I'm gonna Lola. We're gonna have to do a setup like that. So, yeah, so what's the big thing? Maj is, by the way, Crispy Maj is from uh, Philly. Um, uh, Crispy's in, you're in Texas now, right? Always been. Always okay. will be. Yeah, and we're in Florida. So, 
Um, what's the lockdown situation going on with everyone? Let's start with Maj. What's the lockdown situation in Philly? Are you even in Philly right now? Yeah, I'm in Philly right now. I have done every single thing. The only thing that I have not done as I normally would do is go to restaurants. I have not worn a mask. I go everywhere armed. I don't go. I don't wait in the line to get nothing. That's because um, I just I'm just not submitting to the goofy shit. Thank um, you. Now, in Finally. regards, yeah, in regards to like the places that are shut down, um, pretty much they they successfully um, scared people into um, submitting to the crown in essence. And so um, I, I got I, you know I go to the post office every day or so to take packages because even my HQ. Uh, the storage unit where I would go grab stuff from the ship, they're closed. So I've been taking it to a different HQ and kind of like shipping stuff. Wow. So every time I go to the post office, it's kind of like a, am I going to argue with a liberal today or a few liberals? <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like the Royal Rumble in the post office. It's like eight or nine people in the line and, uh, you know, like they all socially distanced out. And uh, mm. I was there a few days ago and this lady's going to say like, could you, could you move because we're not six feet apart? And I'm, I just ignored her. And then this other lady, Karen, jumped out and was like, Karen? You don't even have on a mask. And I'm like, Karen. <laughs> oh, so she got, she, got the, uh, she got the entry from the other person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so um, I'm like, uh, I'm like, ma'am, you got on a cloth piece of mask over your face. It's not. And then she's like, I work in the medical field. I'm like, uh... you work in the medical field. You have an N95 mask on, and excuse me, a non-N95 mask or, or above. You have a piece of cloth on. It's not fitted. I walked in behind you, and when we came in here, you have no gloves on. You have no eye protection. You, you've been touching your phone and your mask since we came in here. What medical profession do you work in? What hospital? So I can know to never get sick anywhere near that fucking hospital. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just that, that that's kind of the thing, like, there's different levels of fighting for freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully, I never have to use my firearm or firearms to be in to, to defend freedom. But there's fights kind of like with this COVID thing and the government overreach that we're seeing. And some of it is a war of ideals. And a lot of people are just, you know, tossing on a mask. And I'm not saying if, you know, if you you know you're sick, whatever. Yeah. Just like any other time as a, as a responsible adult, you would fucking like stay in the house. Yeah, right? or, or go, to the go to the doctor, go to the hospital, yeah. follow instructions, stay home. Right. Don't go out unless and you so, have to. And if you have yeah. to go out, wear a mask. But, dude, if you if you know you're sick, <laughs> don't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Now, I think that what we're seeing in Philly, at least, is a war of people being afraid to stand out and be like, yo, clearly the de time has elapsed. The data has proven this isn't the harbinger of death like television initially tried to scare everybody into believing. Mm -hmm. And I get it. In the beginning, nobody, politician or otherwise, wants to look like they're the guy sitting on their hands when, you know, the two million people might die. I get it. But after you get past a certain amount of time and you see that this thing isn't doing what, you know, the false projections or incorrect projections said, you got to adapt, man. And so really, um, I've, we've been, you know, the people that bang with us up here have been kind of like at a war of ideals. Like, yo, mm -hmm. stop. You know, I've, I went into pharmacies and grocery stores and I'm like, listen, based on HIPAA law, if I have a medical condition that I can't wear one of those things, I don't. But if I did, you couldn't fucking ask me. So, no, I'm not wearing one of those. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been asked to leave a location. You know, I haven't and I'm, I'm not submitting that that level of compliance 
it's something that it's something that Rob said, um, Pigas, that I thought is very it was very key. He said safety doesn't come first. We're conditioned to believe that like safety comes first, and in reality, if you look at it like you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, life. Okay, I think he hit a dead zone. <sighs> I know. Yeah, right, right at the right spot. Right is gonna be good. <laughs> right at life, liberty, and happiness. Let's give it. Let's give it a second. Let's leave it off in that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll get him back here. Looks like he's frozen right now. We'll see if we get him back. Have you? Um, can you, Maj? Can you hear us? No. Yeah, he's in a dead zone. Yeah, he's in a dead zone here. We'll give it a couple of seconds. Um, Crispy, have you come across any of this? You had to wear a mask. Uh, you know, what's the situation been uh, like? Yeah, I'm here in Texas, just like anywhere else. You know, we did have a couple laws where, like, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't put out that it's a must, but you know, we still take the precautions. Um, again, everybody likes to talk about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, and they compare it to the flu and they compare it to other things. But at the end of the day, this this started this year. It, mm-hmm. it hasn't been around as long as the flu has. So how can you? How can you? compare both you know what i mean like you can't it's just years and years now where the numbers off yeah dude the cdc came out and said nothing's gonna happen be free and then they came out and said holy shit wear a mask and then they said you know stay home i mean mm-hmm. at the end of the day like we don't know what the hell is going on we don't no. know there's gonna be a second wave. we don't know what's i mean i i want to be sure that i'm okay i mean as having the surgeries and the stuff that i've been through i could be I don't know. I could be one. I mean, I can get it. I don't know. I don't really know how my immune system and stuff works now, but if I get it and it kills me, like, you know, that could happen. But, um, you know, in this whole like Liberty stuff and all this shit, I think some people are just taking it a little way too much to the point where like, where we want to be super paranoid that our freedoms are being taken away. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about the tribe. Let's start focusing on one person. This is, how about everybody, you know, and, and everybody seems to forget, like, look at the shit that's going on in New York. It's all over the place over there. And why? Because you're a place where they're so right next to each other. There's not a lot of, I mean, you know, you live there, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, you, you live in small places, places and it gets around. We don't really know what's going to happen, man. So yeah, did I take my precautions? I sure did. I stayed home. You know, we were, we were taking all our measurements, you know, and we were just being safe about it. But you know, it does come to a point where you start realizing, like, hey, you know, it's it's not spreading around us. There were only six cases here. Let's go out and about and and get back to a regular day of life. And I think this is more of an inconvenience than than anything else. Because I've seen a lot of people talk about how this is just like being in in, in, in Germany neo Nazi, where we're containing. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not slavery. This is just an inconvenience. Like realize that like you're gonna be fine like you have internet you have fucking ac you have electricity we we are okay but if you look at their world countries like ecuador and all those places down there in central america where people are literally dying in the streets because they don't have the care that we have that's that's bad over there like Mm -hmm. you have it good you can pick up your phone and we can have conversations like you and i are having right now on the internet and and you know it almost feels like nothing is going on so uh, i don't know man it, it's just it's such a weird thing to look at it and and, and kind of try to 
to talk about it because I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I, I, I've never been in in that front line, so I, I can't sit here and, and start judging you know everybody else because I've never been in those shoes. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not an expert on it. Yeah, I think that um, the the dangerous like okay, so obviously there's stuff going on. There's people getting sick and all that. The dangerous yeah. thing is that um, we've had these kind of things happen in the world before. And we've never done this to the world, and specifically even to America, even though you know we're superpower or whatever, this thing that we're doing to America is not going to end well, and it, to me, in right. lots of different ways. We can't just manufacture money. We can't just shut businesses down. We can't look, uh, Let me explain to you how uh, programmed and messed up people are. People already have PTSD on a, on a mass level over this thing, which shouldn't be, right? There's guys like I'm you that. Never, I've already had two buddies of mine kill themselves in this whole run-up thing. So. Yeah, man. So, and, and here's the thing. Like here in Gainesville, for example, the, the city council said, okay, everyone has to wear masks to go out. Then a couple of days ago, they, they, t they took that away. The people of Gainesville rebelled against that. And they was like, no, we want to wear masks. You got to put that, you got to put that requirement back on. And, it's, <laughs> and, and, so they, and so they reversed themselves. You know, so all this time, no mask. Then all of a sudden, they're like, everyone has to wear a mask. Then they, then they say, okay, we're going to remove that. Then everyone's like, no, we want the mask. We want the pacifier, the baby blanket. And if you want, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. See, you know, you know what I think? That, I, I think my signal kind of came back in a bit. Yeah. You know what the, con the concerns for me is? It's, it's still, if you, listen, I, I, when I, because I didn't, I'm not a virologist. What I did was I started an Instagram group of, you know, paramedics that are working directly with COVID patients, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want, like, oh, I worked with people that have been uh, tested for corona. There's thousands of strains of this thing called coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. wanted to deal with people that are dealing specifically with COVID. Mm -hmm. Akil from Taylor Defense Training Group is a paramedic, mm -hmm. and he's a Green Beret. So in my mind, okay, he's honorable. I'll put him in a group. I'll ask him frontline questions, right? Mm -hmm. So I start this group of different people that know way more about this type of stuff than me to get their perspective. And one, what I learned was, obviously, different areas are hit differently. Mm -hmm. Things are not a one-size-fit-all. That's like the question of somebody asking you a beginner, which everybody in here has already been asked, what's the first gun I should get? Well, I don't know your hand size. I don't know how much you weigh. I don't know what it's for. Yeah, yeah, money. I don't, know, yeah. I don't know none of that. So it's like, we can't make this one all one size all blanket answer for a country when all of my homies in the Midwest or those flyover states are like, yeah, y'all are tripping. Like, there's nothing. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> mm -hmm. But my yeah. homies in L.A. and New York are like, it's crazy in, in those hospitals. So mm -hmm. my issue is, OK, we get it. In the beginning, you're nervous. You can't do not like not do anything. You watch it. You evaluate. You assess then you make adjustments, right? But what you don't do is you make these things and then you politicize them even when the data shows that this isn't accurate. Even, even down to the CDC, you know, like Crispy was saying, the CDC in the beginning is going, yeah, this thing, there's no way that this is transferred from human to human. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then everybody's like, oh, we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then you guys turn around and go, or China tells you to say, yeah, say this now. And then you're yeah. saying this now. Yeah. And then it's like, listen, bro, those people that are professionals that are dealing front line, 
they're like the CDC and the World Health Organization standards switched so much because of the fear that they were going to run out of personal protection equipment. They were telling, you know, nurses and dealing with patients, hey, throw those gloves away after every time you go out the room. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, use them joints for like the whole shift. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what? That's mm-hmm. not cool. The truth, so the truth is that always in flux. The truth is yeah. always yep. in flux. And yep. on a regular basis, outside of this, we don't know anything. Gravity right. might not even be true. Or, or right. our theory of gravity. And definitely gravity on Earth is probably different than gravity somewhere else in the universe. It's all relative. So yeah. to me, even with the even with now, you started as and I get it. Hey, it's an incubation period of two weeks. I'm with that. I'm I, again. I'm I'm gonna mitigate the risk. It's something that comes out of left field. But I think that what most people and that's what I've been really, really, really trying to push in Philly, the birthplace of America of all places. Right. I'm like, listen, bro. When the when the Civil War, I'm excuse me, when the Revolutionary War started, there was a polio outbreak or like smallpox excuse me not polio Mm -hmm. smallpox and all that other shit like george washington and the boys wasn't just like you know what guys (laughs) i like that like hang up this whole like revolution thing like i think we gotta kind of like chill out and shit like that's not what happened and so when you look at the actual numbers and data and you look at the stat padding and you look at the lying and you look at the political opportunism Mm -hmm. i think we have an obligation to at least when we're going to like buy stuff from like the pharmacy to be like, yo, bro, this is not really cool. And no, thank you. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, we have to based on data, not feelings, not like projections. We have to still now start to go, OK, this is looking like it's not spreading insanely. And it, and it isn't. We've been two, three months in this and we haven't seen multiple amounts of, you know, millions of people dying. And just magically, all of the flus disappeared this year. So, like, at a certain point, when we see the political corruption, the financial incentive from doctors, medical professionals that are also saying, hey, these doctors and these hospitals are incentivizing us to lie and call things COVID that are not. When you're evaluating that in that mix as well, at a certain point, you have to be vigilant and going, wait, are you guys trying to mandate certain things? Again, these things that we say, these cliches. the, the, The reason for that is, like, one of the worst things they did in this whole thing before the hospitals got overcrowded with patients, they said no elective um, procedures, surgeries, Certainly. or whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah. basically, they, they bankrupt a bunch of hospitals around the country right. by doing that. Right. So yeah. in, order to, in order to get any kind of money coming in, they have to make up stuff. Right. They got to be like, yo, he got hit by the car, right? However... COVID cryptic. had a couple of them corona strands, <laughs> so we just going to give him... The, he, he had COVID. Let's just keep it moving, okay? It's thirteen grand if thirteen grand if we say somebody got COVID. Thirty nine grand if they can charge Medicaid if they get them to the ventilator. Never mind the fact that multiple doctors in different regions are like, "Yo, the ventilators are killing people." Mm-hmm. You know, so well, that's a that's a whole other thing. I think what was the what was it like seventy percent of the people or eight, something like 80 percent of the people when they put them on those respirators, that's the the end the signal for, of the end for them. Then, then you got big Bill Gates waiting in the wings like, yeah, I got that virus. I got that uh, vaccine waiting for you, baby. What's that? <laughs> the, same, the same guy that was like, that literally said, we can depopulate the world's population 
with vaccines. This is the guy with the fucking vaccine. Yeah, huh? conveniently, conveniently. That's you not know, creepy. So That's not creepy at all. <laughs> no, it's just nothing to fucking see yeah. here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so these are the things that I'm just like vigilant on. And it, it might seem like you're being quote unquote conspiracy dude. But at the same time, it's like, listen, when you win by attrition, it's small steps at a time. You know, I take I, I, I take the beach. Then I establish the beachhead. Then I'm a creeping a little bit more. Then I'm a creep. Like, that's how it goes, mm -hmm. bro. We got to de defend those freedoms early on. In the beginning, you could look kind of like you, the weird dude that just doesn't want to wear the mask into Whole Foods or like the weird dude that actually wants to fucking go to the gym or the beach where like sunlight, the thing that actually fights viruses is plentiful. You know what I'm saying? You, you might look like you're the strange dude. But again, if you're taking it back to the freedom conversation, yeah, George and them looked strange when they was like, yo, this taxation shit is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And Crispy, so we you, never, you never met this guy before, right? <laughs> you, you are going to remember this. Because <laughs> you, you, you will not forget Maj after you meet him. Because he, he, keep, he keeps it real. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really my only vibe with this whole thing. Yeah. And just maintaining and watching the, the, the overreach in areas that we may think are small. Mm -hmm. And I want to I want to cha champion everybody that has been kind of questioning and pushing back and making certain making certain sacrifices. I'm going to drive to Tulsa, Oklahoma from Philly because I have a Black Guns Matter class on May the 31st. I never drive over five hours, but all of the airlines are, are talking that mandatory mask shit. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm just not doing it. So I'll take the drive. Now, will it cost me more money and time? Absolutely. <laughs> but at what point if everybody just keeps bending to more and more and i know it sounds silly it may sound silly in the beginning but if everybody keeps bending to more and more of them like well it's cool and again don't get me wrong we even even in this quote-unquote quarantine right we are still light years ahead of accessibility we can still get on our phone that's like what crispy was saying yo i can like not even leave the crib and like push buttons and people bring food to me mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah and so it's like still still being appreciative of how blessed we really are but at the same time i'm not willing to trade that because i'm comfortable i'm still not willing to trade that that you know that 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 comfort for a certain level of freedom. yeah but isn't that how you wind up in the matrix I mean, yes, yeah. I can. I can just lie in my bed, and they could hook up feeding tubes and pooping tubes and all the different orifices, tubes, or whatever. I mean, you know, we right. need to, we need to get out there, meet each other, and talk to each other, and 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 get the herd immunity. We might be doing damage to ourselves by not getting yeah. herd immunity. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's my little experience with it. And uh, again, I want to champion and and, and hand clap and, and and salute to everyone that. And that you're not crazy, man. You're not bugging. TV going to make you think you're bugging. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? This this is the same conversation when, let's say, 10 years ago, you know, a few of us were going like, yo, I think they're really coming for all of the guns. And everybody was like, okay, No, bro, well, then no one's coming man. for your guns. <laughs> then fast forward a decade later, you got the, the fake dude talking about, hell yeah, we're coming for your guns. <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit, I told y'all. You know what I'm saying? And I'd rather be wrong and ahead of the curve than right and late as fuck. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just, just to, to give some energy and support to all of the people watching, yo, it ain't just you. You know, you see you see that you see them them boats coming up on the horizon. 
you see, you know, them trying to establish the beachhead on your on your freedom territory. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, and you're not alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Patrick, do you want to jump in here? I know people will say they haven't heard from you. No, I'm just I'm in the same I'm in the same boat. I drove uh, I. So my wife is the type that tends to like bend a little more. She's she's a little more forgiving for when the government tells us to do things. And I'm the one that told her, hell no, I'm not doing it. Like we have a Walmart literally two minutes away from the house. It's around the corner. It's right there. And the I told her I'm not wearing a mask because we try to go in there and they're like, you got to put a mask on. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And they were like, well, you can't come in. I was like, well, I'm not coming back here. So we, I started driving 30 minutes out to a county over to another store so I could shop there that doesn't require masks. Because I'm like, I'm not doing it. I, I don't care what you say. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, 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 and it's a good thing. Like some people are reacting in a bad way and, and hurting people over it. I don't think that's necessary. We're not at that point where you have to do that, right? You, if you really want to go there and it's convenient to you, put the mask on. If you don't, yes, drive somewhere else. There's a lot yeah, of stores yeah. that are going to lose business. Go ahead, Crispy. For sure. No, that's what I, that's what I was trying to get at. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, if you want to make convenient to you where you put on a mask and, and go on a two-hour flight and that's what you want to do, put it on. And when they're not looking, take it out, whatever. Or if you want to drive to Oklahoma, then fucking drive to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what is great about this fucking country. At the end of the day, you can do what you want to do and, and just and, and exercise your freedoms. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I see both sides, man, and I'm all for it, like, I just I'm to the point where like there's so much negative shit going on in the world where everybody's attacking everybody. And we even seen it in our own community where like people are like, oh, stop being such a conspiracy theorist. Oh, stop being such an idiot. Oh, the government wants this. Oh, yeah. And it's just like you sit there and you look at all these things and I like I look at it and I'm like, fuck, man, like we're just attacking one another. We're not getting anything accomplished or 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 we're. Like this, maybe this was all part of the play, and that this is now I'm gonna get in my conspiracy theory. Now like, this is you now. Okay. <laughs> this is the bad now. now. <laughs> maybe if it's to create that same Tower of Babel, where no one stops for that second and says, "Oh shit, bro, somebody put a battery in my back and somebody put a battery in your back." I was just talking to KD about this. Um, it's like. Remember in the, the the Batman, the first one with the Joker, with uh, that would uh, Heath Ledger played the Joker in it, mm-hmm. and he gave both of the boats. Like one of the boats had like the felons, the bad guy, mm-hmm. blues, scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the other was just a group of regular people. And he was like, "Yo, they're gonna blow you up," and he gave them both detonators. Mm-hmm. And then he was trying to scare everybody to blow the other boat up. Mm-hmm. And then fortunately, you know, Zeus, the guy that played um, Debo was like, let me do it, and took the one detonator from the dude and just didn't do anything. And fortunately, neither side did anything. Everybody just stood still for a second. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The beauty of this scenario is because I think if it was this unseen hand to like scare people into submission, the mistake that they made in their playbook was they stopped us from being distracted, even though we are kind of arguing back and forth. But you don't have to go to work as much. Everybody's kind of in the house. People are like going out jogging and stuff. Their minds are clearer. So the one thing that I am seeing is people are evaluating information. They're going, wait a minute. The CDC said this. Then they said what? You kind of messed up because you gave people time to sit in the house and actually watch what you were saying all over. You know, usually fake news can get away with it. 
because you got you watch the one blurb of fake news, then you go to work, then you like go on with your day, and then you're tired and shit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now because everybody's watching it and everybody has social media, everybody's even if you took a side initially, you're still seeing the other side. Somebody going like, nah, that's bullshit, bro. If you like super like I'm wearing a mask, you're still gonna be exposed to somebody going like Bro, you got a beard and it's not fitted. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the unseen your eyes hand are open. May, right. Yeah. The, the 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 unseen hand that may have attempted to um, try to like scare us into fighting each other. As long as we can sit still for a second and at least go, because like I don't. It's like guns. I don't never shit on nobody that don't want a gun. I be like, yo, bro. That's you know how people say, yo, I'm just not in the headspace to have a gun. I'll shoot the shit out of somebody for no reason. And I'm like, word, thank you for being self-aware enough mm-hmm. to, like, not fucking do that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Or if you're like, yo, I'm just scared. I don't want a gun. I'm scared of guns. I'm like, you know what? Cool. You don't want. You don't have to have one. When I go into my anti-gun friends' houses, like, you can actually still have friends that are fucking anti-gun if you're pro-gun, right? Mm-hmm. When I go yeah. into their homes, I make a light joke, and I let them know, hey, man, you know, I, I don't have a gun in your house because I know you're afraid of guns. But if somebody fucking kills me in your house, I'm going to kill you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And just, and just find those spaces mm-hmm. where we can still, like Crispy was saying, like where we can still create that camaraderie and that bond, even yeah. through the goofy shit. Like, yeah. it'll be fine. Too many rich motherfuckers, like, keep losing money. They're going to press the politicians just like we are. And it should oh, be yeah. firing right back up again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we definitely believe in freedom. One of the things I think is that... Um, one, something I know for sure, I don't think this is a conspiracy. There, there are cities and there are states in America that were bankrupt before this, right? Yeah. And they yep. want to be bailed out. But we were all like, nope, not bailing you out. So mm-hmm. they, they still, they see this as an opportunity to get the bailout, but they can't pressure us into that bailout unless there's some symbol of this still being a crisis. Guess what's yeah. the symbol of the crisis? The masks. The masks. Yeah. The masks, the masks. Yeah. 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 You know, it's totally unreal. It doesn't, you know, it's not practical. It's not a Yo, solution. But that's what it how, is. This is how I know I'm actually in my heart of hearts a really good person that loves freedom. I know that I could make a million dollars selling Black Guns Matter fucking masks. <laughs> I know I could. Yeah, people, and some I'm people. Not doing it. Yeah, there's people making money. <laughs> Yo, isn't it crazy how many people are selling masks? Yes. Yeah, there's a T-shirt guy down here in this building. I went and talked to him. He's like, dude, I'm making that money selling masks, man. <laughs> he was like, I can and make you like, masks. I was like, dude, do I, I'm not wearing any. <laughs> yo, and that's and that's why I'm really like, yo, I could get banked. But I'm like, nah, because psychologically, there needs to be a visual, consciously and subconsciously, of people that are not living in that same, or your perception of them. Yeah. Not living in that There there is a way, by the way, there is a way I thought of this. I'm going to share this just with you guys, just with the, you know, the three of you that are here right now. This is, this will help all of you if you want to make money right now. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? Here's how you sell the masks. It can be a mask. It can also be panties. Bam. Panties, masks. If you don't believe in the mask, it can be panties. (laughs) Wait, like who's panties? Yeah, you, 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 this is the same, they look like the same thing. It's the same damn thing. 
Oh man, it better be nice and fresh. <laughs> it's got to be Rihanna. Uh, then no, I don't give a shit about it. Go ahead. Can I sell them on my fans only page? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. You know, if you want to use it for dual purpose, you could use it for dual purpose, but you could choose what you want to do with it. So to I, I, someone, I it could be panties. To someone else, it's a mask. Have y'all seen the guy that has the joint? It's like a mask, and it's like completely like nothing, right? And it says, he wrote placebo on it. And it's mm -hmm. like all of these, like, clearly this isn't protecting anything. Mm -hmm. But he goes everywhere unhindered because there's just some sort of, you know, covering over his face. Yeah. I thought about doing something like that. But the reality is, man, you got to mitigate your own risk. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm, I've, I've moved around so, this entire time, but I'm not hanging out with my yeah. grandmother knowing that I've been exposed absolutely. to... You know, all of it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, absolutely like, like not. Wait a minute. Now. So what you're saying is you're an irresponsible adult? I ask you this while I have everyone here. Everyone give me my their opinion on this while we're talking about masks, right? Did you guys see there was a guy, uh, I can't remember what state this was. I think it was California, where they, they told him he had to wear a mask to go into the store. White guy. So he uh, put on a Ku Klux Klan hood. Did you hmm? see this? I did. And I thought that was no. genius. No, yeah, crispy. This happened for reals. <laughs> then they try to arrest. Then they try to. They, then they try to press charges against the guy, and the and the what? cops said the cops said we can't press charges. What charges are we pressing? You told people yeah. they have to wear a mask. He wore a mask. Right. I yeah. love that. I actually love that. Yo, you should make some black matter. Black guns matter, like guns like that. Like, don't do Klux Klux Klan hoods. Yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> You're going to have to flip it. Is it, the, is it the black hooded one, like the, the one in charge of the KKK or something? I don't know about any of this. Black hoods. Black <laughs> oh, Babyface, if I was you, I wouldn't pretend to know anything about these rules, Babyface. <laughs> do, do one, right? And this is, I know I'm going to catch so much black hoods, right? But I don't care. I think I'm a comedian in my head anyway. Okay, this so, is entertainment. This is for entertainment. Is a Ku Klux Klan mask, right? But it says, I'm black under here. On it. And like, write that on it. So, like, Tyrone Big under one. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's so yeah, crazy. This is, this is the level that we got to. Yeah. This is the level. I, I was reading a story the other day where two guys went into a store and they took a watermelon and cut it in half and put eye holes in it and they put that on. Did that work? <laughs> yeah, I think they tried to rob the store or something like that. No, oh, they, I mean, they eventually got Look, arrested, but this, I mean. This is where we are. We're at a place where now all of my homies that used to rob something, we're looking at each other like, bro, people are like, they their place of business mm -hmm. where there's hundreds of thousands of dollars and we're all armed. They're asking you while you're armed to put on a mask and go into their location. Mm -hmm. It's opposite day out here in 2020. I I don't know what the fuck, man. That I, I feel like I'll wake up if I hear thunder, if it'll fuck around and be Godzilla. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on out here no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You like that one, crispy? Hey, <laughs> yeah, the funny shit. Yeah, it's there. There is a lot of craziness going on. What other um, what other things are uh, going on in your world other than the COVID thing? Obviously, what uh, um, what else is going on so, out here? So one, um, shouts to our, our ammo sponsor. Um, they hooking us up. 
We got classes. I can't wait to get back on the road. I didn't want to cancel anything mm -hmm. because um, I was just like, yo, whoever. But I was forced to cancel or reschedule some of the classes. But um, we were, like I said, we got Tulsa, May the 31st. I'm trying to hit a different city every week, man. Um, I got so shouts to uh, uh, Firearms Policy Coalition and mm -hmm. Gun Owners of America for putting some energy. Gun Owners of America gave us twenty five thousand dollars to knock off ten cities. Nice. Um, you know, so that's 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 the mission. As soon as things open up, mm -hmm. um, uh, and really do that. Shouts to uh, uh, Firearms Policy Coalition because they're getting behind us as well. Um, but really, for me, it's just getting back outside, being the vis visual representation that people can see, just like, you know, other people are, that we still have a lot of work to do. Um, we still have uh, the work of making sure that we're informing and, ar and arming urban America. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make sure that we hit those top four cities because uh, last year, 2019, the top four cities of homicides were uh, New Orleans, Baltimore, Chicago. Detroit, and... Uh, uh, Chicago's not in there. Chris no, Mason. Chicago's Chicago's murder rate has actually declined for the last three years. Really? That's why. Oh wow. Yeah, that's why TV isn't talking about it. And a big chunk of that is because of uh, Rhonda Ezel. She won two federal cases in Chicago, where uh, you know you used there used to be unlawful to have gun ranges in the city limits of Chicago. Mm -hmm. She won these two federal cases, and now there are the ability to have gun ranges in the city limits. But it also spiked the interest in people getting their FOID cards and getting their licenses to carry. Mm -hmm. So they're they're down for the last uh, uh, for the last three years, which is a great thing. But uh, those top four cities, oh, St. Louis was the other one. So St. Louis, Baltimore, New Orleans, and uh, Detroit. So we want to hit those four cities, hit the ground running, and just okay. getting everybody, you know, back to you know freedom at large, and you know making sure that everyone's safe. Uh, we are seeing some you know some states like even New York where we're seeing, you know, 13 to 21 percent of people tested have had the antibodies for the virus. But just putting that past us and focusing on, you know, the work, just making sure that we're arming urban America. That's 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 all I really want to do this summer. Uh, before Miami will be opening up in a little bit, um, I'm going to take a quick little run before I get, you know, I mean, obviously after the uh, the uh, Tulsa class. But I'm going to shoot down to Miami. Oh, OK, I'm, I'm going to get on everybody's fucking jet ski. I'm jet skiing. I'm in the water. I'm getting some of that 85 degree because I'm at like pre-vacation because I know I'm going to have to hit like 20 cities hard. And that's just really it. Just So you just do uh, in Florida because uh, J.R. Wall says Maj come to Florida. You're just going to do Miami in Florida and then that's it? Yes, because um, there's a lot of girls who like to party in Miami. Oh, boy. And, and um, there's this 85. <laughs> Five degrees down there right now. Uh, Florida, you know? Florida is like its own country, man. We've got the country, you know. We've yeah. got a couple of little cities, you know. It's not just Miami. No, but y'all, y'all, listen. But certain parts of Florida, man, y'all alligator problem is like serious. Like I, I'm not trying to go nowhere. What is like, like the crazy thing is, South Beach, Miami Beach. I never see any alligators. I'm with my homie's house, like going up the street and there's a fucking alligator like just in front of this, the house. This alligator's in Miami. I could tell you that for sure. <laughs> and, and, and like, no. So let me say this. I'm hitting only tourist areas and oh. hood areas. I'm going okay. to Opelika. I'm going to Liberty City. I'm going to Miami Beach. I'm going to South Beach. And I'm party. I'm pre-partying. Like, okay. that's all that's going to be. <laughs> only and then, the hood. And then I'm going to, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, then get on the road and and, yeah. and and just, you know, make sure that we, you know, uh, informing the people. And that's all I want to do all summer, man. Educate and arm people. Okay, very good, very good. Um, so what, uh, let's let's go around here. Crispy, what are you going to get back, get up to once all of this stuff uh, goes away, if it ever goes away? What, you know? Oh, dude, I've been at it already, man. Um, you have? Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we went down to South Padre Island, um, mm-hmm. where I grew up. We went to the beach, hung out, fucking visited my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still kept it very, very... I guess you can say safe. We only visit our family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, for the most part, everything that, that we ate and stuff was already at our parents' house and mm-hmm. things like that. But, I mean, we're up, up back and up and about it. I mean, I, I'm a avid hunter. I'm always hunting. So this is kind of where uh, I'm going to go hunting next weekend and mm-hmm. in a rural area. So mm-hmm. I've been back at it, man, honestly. But just taking precautions, again, you know, like being safe about it. And then there's just... I mean, for me, there's no restarting. I've been at it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what's going to be the first big get-together that all the gun guys could get to? You know, like, what do you think, Patrick? What's going to be... Because, you know, the gun guy... Listen, first of all, I never thought I was going to say this. Because usually, I'm looking forward to the lull that happens. So, so everything kicks up around SHOT Show. And then, by the time we get to NRA, it starts going down a little bit. After NRA, I could actually take a break and stop seeing gun guys' faces. But now, at this point, I'm like, man, I, I miss these gun guys. What the hell happened? To <laughs> I can't wait to like it's actually not, run into these I, dudes I, now. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it'll be a big gathering again like that until shot. Only because we lost three months. We lost three months of you know generally like we lost three months of especially if if the, if, if it goes into July mm-hmm. and dudes are like and ranges aren't open. Um, we're going to miss summer training. We're going to miss, like, outside season. So then I think if, if it goes that way, it'll be SHOT Show, in my, in my view, like January. If, but if even it at goes that, that aren't they claiming, like, there's supposed to be a second wave yeah. around the winter? That's I mean, what I was going to say. Yeah. What if some cases start popping up, like, let's say December and mm-hmm. January rolls in? And, I mean, should me, me and my fiance change our wedding date from, from these? Uh, we're not doing it in January anymore. We switched to something sooner. But, um you know, is, is, is the whole gun community that? invited to this wedding, Crispy? Nope. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> everybody's, not, everybody's not invited. I ain't, I ain't got money like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that is a thing, though. Like, we might not, if we get back around, that's flu season, end of the year. Well, well yeah, what if, well, I mean, so the, the thing that I'm thinking about is what if restrictions come back up around that time? Let's say... You know, out of nowhere, um, just a bunch of cases start popping up and, and things start to get serious or, you know, maybe the wave that they were predicting comes back or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying what if. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I yeah. honestly don't know. I, I honestly don't know if Shasha is going to happen. Yeah, I would agree with you. I hope, I hope so. And well. in a way, I'm like, let's let's go. I want to go to Shasha. And then in my other side is like. This is going to be the 13th SHOT Show I've gone to. I want to stay home. I don't want to go. Well, the thing is, every SHOT Show, people get sick. Because it's the time of the year. And then it's Vegas. And Vegas is super liberal. So if someone sneezes in Las Vegas in January, they'll shut that whole place down. I don't know if it's very liberal. I mean, it's pretty Mm. towing 
town. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it seems like that. Like Nevada in itself is uh, is, is supposed to be pro pro gun, but we've got you know, there's Democrats running Nevada now. Yeah, you know, um, there's lots of different things going on there that are kind of going in the in the wrong direction for me. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, at least by shot show we get back to this. But yeah, I think it is floating around out there. Where's Maj? Is Maj frozen again? Or is he coming in broken up? Yeah, it looks like he's coming in. I'm sure he would have. Ch- Did you, can you hear us, Marsh? I don't know if yeah, you can I hear. Yeah, I can hear y'all now. I was going through some weird ass spot. Um, yeah. you're just driving around me? in the hood, huh? You're just circling around the hood. What are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm up to no good. Um, <laughs> Apparently so. You no, know, I, I, I think that honestly, Vegas. Y- y'all see what the mayor over there was like? She was like, "Listen, we gotta open up." I think that the money that okay. comes through. The money is the thing that's keeping, you know, the goofy stuff at bay. Okay. If after after the scenario, right, if it's shown that, you know, the death toll, because that's that's the only way we can really tell the people, even though we know that some numbers are padded. Right. But if the death toll is equal to or less than an average flu season, we're never having this conversation again, especially if the Democrats get that three trillion that they're trying to get. They just got two trillion. The Republicans put out there. But if the Democrats get to two trillion, they're cool. They'll come. They'll cook up another scheme, you know. But the the Vegas the Vegas mayor is like, listen, bro, I'm not trying to hear that shit. I'm not like you. You can talk to my health officials and all of that. And I think they'll evaluate it that way. And mm-hmm. I think they should. Again, as Americans, you get the information, you get the data, you evaluate it, you make that assessment, and you mitigate your risk. You know what I'm saying? And it's no, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like carrying a gun. I carry appendix. When I first started carrying, it was like, bro, I'm not putting that, that gun in my appendix. Are you serious? Then I evaluated, you know, it's a cost, you know, a risk ratio. And to me, I can get to the gun faster. I can square up in lines to get the sights targeted, you know, the, uh, 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 everything, my sight picture a lot faster that way. So, okay, I'm doing this now. It's the same. All of these things are very, very similar to me. You know, and I think that the other factor is when you factor in the economic toll, I got homies that's like like farmers, like pig farmers. They've had to put down thousands upon thousands of cattle of like pigs and stock and all that other stuff. So when you factor that in now, if the death toll is not isn't crazy and the economic toll is way bigger than the death toll, I think we find from here on out the people that want the Bill Gates uh, drug. And want to like grow like seven arms, he'll have it available for you, and you'll take it or you won't. You know, so I think that's really uh, what the future looks like, in my opinion. And and I could be totally wrong. No, I think that's a good point. I'm wrong a lot. Yeah, let's pivot. Let's pivot to this. Let's talk about gun stuff. You said you carry appendix, babyface P. What's your What's your favorite carry? Let's get into that conversation. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Four four five o'clock hip. Okay, okay, he's going. You're going by time. On the clock. Okay, let me uh, see. Back, back what, hip. What o'clock? Oh, okay. So I'm three o'clock. I'm three o'clock then. You what carry a, directly on the side of your hip? Yep. Yep. That's weird. Feels comfortable to me. Oh, that's weird. You know, but I got Indian hips, man. That's the, you know. What, like, I'm like, not sure what that means. Like, like that's that's like what Maj is saying. You know, it depends on your body type. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, my, for me, for me, I can't do. Who 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 said they carry at five o'clock? Baby face. That's me. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, right, right on the backside of my hip. Yeah, 
I was gonna say the white guy, but you know he's 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 partly Cuban. He's partly Cuban. Right, I got that Cuban ass. He's just very fair skinned. He's very fair skinned. To me, five o'clock is like I feel like like I'm stretching too. Yeah, you gotta go. yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm like doing a weird. Oh, you're scratching like, your butt. It's like you got to fake you're gonna. I'm doing a little butt scratch. <laughs> I've gotten used to it. It just like disappears yeah. on me now. Yeah, that's your comfortable. That's your comfortable spot, though. That's the thing. That's the that's thing. Right. Yeah, crispy. What's yours? Do you you do you conceal carry right? These. This is it right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you don't. <laughs> so you don't. You don't conceal carry, or you do? I, I do. Okay. All right, but you you don't want to like you, you know you don't uh, the fit. yeah operational you know, security. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. I he, look, he's never gonna say. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. Like <laughs> professionals. Professionals. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know. What, what do you mean? Exactly? Yeah, you'll find know. out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like guns. <laughs> the, says the guy that has the Game of Thrones gun. Exactly. Right. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so folks out there want to know some gun stuff from you guys. Let's start with Crispy on this one. What's your like favorite gun, Crispy? It could be a handgun, rifle, whatever. Man, I'm gonna say that I have a favorite gun because I, I, every single gun that I use, I've used it for it's it's for a specific thing, whether mm. it be hunting, whether it be recreation, or whether it be practice. Um, so I don't have a favorite gun. I just the fact that I, I have almost every single caliber, and I love them all the same. So I, I honestly, it's it's a question that I get asked all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm torn between it. I just I I can't tell you which my favorite one is. But if we're gonna say it here, and we're gonna, I'm gonna throw people off with this one. I'm gonna say it's my Gucci uh, High Point. Gucci High Point. All right, <laughs> respect. <laughs> I don't know if you that on my IG, but I, I, uh, I Gucci one out. Uh, let me see. I will have to go back. Was this a while ago? Uh, I don't know. Like a month ago, I think. I just did another one for a friend, just okay. as a joke. But we did a Supreme one, and then I oh, did a Supreme. Gucci one. Oh, nice. Okay. No, that's a Supreme, but I did a Gucci Gucci one. Okay. There you go. I mean, those those are cool. Those are cool. Let me see if I can find it on here. <laughs> oh, I see the I see a Louis Vuitton one. Yeah, look at it. There. I don't oh, know. Let's see. Let's see. There see it is. This. Oh, there that's go. dope. Yeah. Oh, that's the Gucci. Yeah, that's the Gucci one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I did that one, yeah. and then I did another one for a friend of mine. Um, his name. Uh, I don't know if you want to say his name. He's. That's the other one that I did for yeah. a buddy. Yeah, that's the Louie. <laughs> that's, that's the Louie right there. Yo, my Serco guys are the shit. Like, <laughs> I drop something off, and I'm like, go wild. And then they, they, they come back with some some crazy. Yeah, give them a shout-out. Who does your Cerakote stuff? Uh, they're here out of New Braunfels, Texas, man. Paladin Coating is the name of the company. Paladin Coating? Yeah. Okay, very cool. That's that's good stuff. So you're getting the Yeet Cannon. I'm, I'm supposing you're getting the Yeet Cannon when you when that comes out. No, for sure. Yes. We're going to okay. come with it. Yeah. High, points, mean, you know, high, high points work, man. I got to I gotta save up for it, man. You know, it's $130 and, uh, you know, I, I, I just bought two STIs and, you know, the 130 is just crazy to me, you know. Listen, man, you could make those it's, gift bags at your wedding. <laughs> give, give, out, give out high points at the wedding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We could make it happen. We could make it happen. I might know oh, someone man. at high point. <laughs> yeah. Yo, listen, I don't know. Listen. They carbines is legit. I listen. I don't care what nobody says. I like them. Yeah. And here's the other thing: if 
they got a lifetime warranty. Yep. And it, I mean, it's it's a brick, you know, but it's a lifetime warranty. And if that's all you got, get it, man. Hell like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Um, for sure, man. Absolutely. Uh, the 10 millimeter is cool. We've got a 10 millimeter. Uh, we put a bullpup kit on it. I haven't shot that one. The 10 millimeter? Uh-uh. Okay. When are you coming What's to Florida? What that run you, like $89? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to include the kit. The ki- well, actually, the kit was more expensive. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like The kit you know, was more than the gun. Every- you know, when I posted those pictures of those two guns, people were like, oh, the Cerakote paint job is way more. I was like, yeah, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why are you going to Cerakote, uh, you know, like a really expensive uh, gun? Or, Hank, yeah. what's your favorite gun, Hank? My favorite, my favorite gun. Oh, man. I, well, so I think it's kind of like what Crispy is saying. It, you know, it's hard to say what's your favorite gun. The gun I carry the most is the one I carry on me, which is like right now my Glock 43. I would probably say my favorite type of gun is probably closer. Is is probably a closer thing to me. I am a big bullpup fan. That's what I collect. Yeah. I try to yeah. buy all the bullpups. Nice. So. I just picked up a uh, uh, an AUG. Oh, Steyr AUG. Yeah, those are cool. Hank has one. Uh, how many times have you fired it? Uh, I haven't had a chance yet. You fired it though. I shot it before he has. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna shoot mine tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Steyr Augs are pretty cool. I mean, I've got like Tavor, uh, the X95. Yep. Um, yep. I've got an AK74 bullpup from Century Arms. You know, I've got a 308 bullpup from uh, from K&M Arms. It's like built. It's built off the M17S. I mean, I, I can go deep right, with so bullpups. So wait, so wait, so wait. There might be some actual beginners because the people, my followers, will be jumping in here too, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you like bullpups and what are bullpups? Tell people that don't know what God. that means. Okay. Uh, so I like bullpups just because of the design. When I was, you know, my father uh, was a metallurgical engineer. And, um, you know, he always had like uh, popular science, popular mechanics. And if you look in those magazines, especially when I was a kid, you would see a lot of bullpups. And just the design looks futuristic and sci-fi to me. Uh, bullpup is when all the action takes place behind the trigger, right? right. So it, it creates this effect of almost looking shorter, you know, because the, the barrel and everything goes back longer. So it's not a SBR. Sometimes, right. you know, they have even longer barrels than you need to have to fit into, yep. like, the regulation 26 inches, right, Patrick's? Mm-hmm. So, 16. yeah, it gives you kind of like a smaller footprint, but it's not an SBR, yep. you know. Uh, and they're just, to me, they're just really cool, man, uh, you know. Right. Yeah, I just like the, the, cool, the coolness of it. I say this because what I do on Instagram is because... BGM, we completely entry level, mm-hmm. and we'll start talking about guns on, in the comment section, and I'll, I'll I'll get 20 DMs from beginners that have that are interested, mm-hmm. but they won't. They'll feel like, Maj, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. What what does that mean? What does yeah. that mean? And so what I started doing was, I'll say, Hey, what does action mean? When you say action, t- tell everybody what that means in the comment section. So some of the beginners that are a little shy or might feel a little embarrassed, they can scroll through and learn without feeling like, you know, hey, I'm gonna embarrass to ask this question mm-hmm. on the, you know, and so I'll kind of like ask that question for them. And it helps because what yeah. I've noticed is a lot of the people that, um, I've seen this happen with instructors a lot, will tend to forget, well, I'm not an instructor. However, 
a lot of instructors will forget that for the people in this chat or in this room or the people watching, it's like breathing to you at this point. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But to a complete beginner, they'll they'll feel a little bit intimidated, not knowing that they're like, oh, I get that. But that's the gun that he meant that I thought was cool from that movie, too. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I so totally do. I just try to, you know, throw that out there every so often so people can, yeah. you know, we completely entry level and, you know, we we the beginning spot on the assembly line. So, yeah, yeah. I just throw that out there to fuck it up. For everybody. No, that's a good point. And but I and let me just throw this in there as well. Like in my time of doing this, I, I like I've talked to guys who are real, you know, operators. Right. Yeah. You know, Navy SEAL dudes and all that. And I'll tell you something. A lot of those guys don't know this stuff. Right. They know how to use guns. <laughs> right. But, you know, right. a lot of the technical stuff and all that, they don't know it. So like in the in the gun community, we like to come down on anyone if they say clips, you know. And they're trying to talk about a magazine, like, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're ignorant. And I know that kind of, like, creates a separation because a yeah. lot of people who don't know better might say that. And yeah. then we jump all over them. But the funny thing that I've found is that actual – not I'm not saying this about all the guys out there that are operators, right? But there's a lot of them that are actual guys. They use this as a tool for their living. And, and yeah. they've done it, and they don't know a lot of the, these things. They know how to put a magazine in there, pull the trigger, take people out. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's like uh, it's like in that movie, uh, Tropical Thunder. He's like, I don't know what it's called. I just know the sound that it makes when it takes a man's life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know. Do you want? Do you want? <laughs> no, you never seen that. Movie? No, I oh do. That's God. a good movie. It's a good movie. Well, do you I want mean. To Go ahead, crispy. I, you can. It's one of those things you can relate to. At the end of the day, I don't need to sit there and nerd out about every single spec of the gun. When I'm going into combat, I just got to make sure that this gun is reliable and I can shoot somebody in the face and get out and not be worried about it. I, you know, I've, I've definitely gotten that. I caught that at the beginning. People were like, "How, oh, how, oh, how oh, don't you know? You know, your, 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 whatever function it was in the weapon. How come you don't know this? And how come you don't know about this gun? And it's just like, dude, I, I literally eat breathe and sleep training for when I go into combat. I don't I don't sit there and tell you that my barrel is a one of six twist or mm -hmm. this is a, a two stage trigger or none of that. That to me doesn't matter. As long as it goes boom and it's going to save my life, I don't need to know everything else. I'm, I don't need to nerd out on these things. So yeah. like I definitely seen that. And if, like, you know, I've said, I don't know, I've heard a bunch of people like go down on other people like he said clip and I'm like, you know what? I guarantee you he can kill you with that clip or magazine, <laughs> whatever he wants to call it. Yeah. I don't care what he call it. He can fucking drop you from a mile away. So Yeah, I rose, I rose by any other name. And here's a question I wanted to ask you, Crispy. So let me let me get this in because I don't know. You might never come back on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you think as someone who's done it and, and everyone knows you for, for something, uh, you know, that you went through, do you feel like a lot of people in the gun community fetishize, you know, what you are and, and a lot of guys like you um so what or I fetishize it, is what lola's trying yeah, to tell me to say yeah. it properly no i know what you're saying yeah um i think because of social media and the movies and everything everybody thinks that you know going out there using your gun and taking a life is a cool fucking thing like oh look at me and mm. you know they, they want that clout from the nra they, they want this exposure for some reason mm -hmm. you know and, and they don't care what it you know what it costs um when i was in combat yeah i've taken lives and i've said this on multiple podcasts mm -hmm. if i don't ever ever have to take another life especially in american life that's fine by me 
I, I honestly don't care. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not looking for it. I don't need to be on a cover. I don't need to be. I don't need somebody to do an episode on me because I defended myself and dropped uh, a combative. I, I really don't. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I don't need to take a life. Now, if you want to fuck around and find out, let's fuck around and find <laughs> out. <laughs> you know, yeah, but let's see how it works out for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lola's tr- Lola's trying to tell me that I meant that I meant to say fantasize, not fetishize. No, yeah, I meant yeah, no, I, mean. I meant fetish. I meant fetish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I but, think but, it's not it it's not that people are fantasizing to be you. Is that people look at you and they create this image of you that's not <laughs> really you? It's like how we fetishize, uh, you know, uh, what's her name's big booty? Uh, um, sure. What's uh, I forgot um, I forgot Kanye's wife again, but you know who I'm talking about. Oh, Kim. Yeah, yeah. Kim K. Yeah. But see, that's the thing again. It's, it's the thing with social media. Everybody, mm-hmm. you get idolized for for dropping enemy combatants in in, in, in a war zone, you know, and mm-hmm. all of that has to do with, with Hollywood and books and all this other stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm proud of what I did. I did all that shit. But I don't. You don't need to know how many I dropped when I did it. Like. To me, that shit doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. if we yeah. sit down by a campfire and you want to know, I'll tell you all about it, but I'm not going to put it out on social media like that. And I have before, um, but I just feel like all these kids want to live at that life, but a lot of these kids probably don't know how to deal with it. I mean, if you do take a life, I've seen dudes that taking lives and can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- that comes to it, too. Yeah, it's cool. Look at me, John Wick dropping people left and right. Oh, you know, he moves on. It's a movie. But, you know, when it comes to real life, you don't know how you're going to react when you take another human's life. Like, because at the end of the day, it stops there. Yeah. Yo, so it's, it's two things that what you're saying is, is making me think about. One, there's a movie called um, The Last Castle, I think, with Robert Redford. Yep. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? And in the movie, for people that may have not seen it, anyway, Robert Redford's character is decorated. He's a general. He's decorated. He, he made a decision that cost some, you know, some cost him some men. So he winds up, you know, he lives, lives are lost and he gets court martialed and he accepts his punishment. Now he has Delroy Lindo, who's another actor. He's like, listen, you don't have to do your time in this, in this, you know, in this military prison. I'll make some calls. He's like, nah, I made a call. I lost some of my men. This is my punishment. Boom. So he's in there. And James Gandolfini is the, uh, is the uh, the uh, warden in this military prison. Mm-hmm. And so he's got all of these memorabilia and so forth and so on. And uh, the, the MP, he brings them out from, you know, right with, with the gym pop. He's like, yeah, the warden wants to meet you. And in the warden's office, he has all of these antique weapons and all of this cool guns and stuff. And the uh, MP says to Robert Redford as he's waiting for, you know, James Gandolfini, he says, you must you must like all of these weapons, you know, sir. He's like, first, don't call me sir. I'm, a, I'm. First of all, I'm a prisoner, just like you in here. And he's like, second of all, no. He was like, anybody that collects these many, this many firearms has never seen combat. He's like, he's, they, they've never seen it. This, these are things are memories of death, in essence. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't actually collect guns, you mm-hmm. know. And so, and and of course, James. Oh, I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. Huh? I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 But but the, the, the point that stuck out there was there's a difference between being in it and, you know, to use, uh, you know, Hank's word, fetish, fetishizing about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no different than street dudes. These are things that you may have been forced into or you thought you were forced into. 
but that's not that's something that you summon. That's not how you're supposed to actually fucking live. Yeah. Like these aren't these aren't things, you know. And the other thing, the second thing that it made, brought to mind was excellent book on killing the cycle, the psychological ramifications of having to take life at war, you mm. know, and the things that go along with it. And a lot of like you said, a lot of the dudes that might. Yeah, I want to. This is cool. John Wick. Da, 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 da. First of all, you don't even know the stunt man that plays the guy that John Wick is actually trying to be. Like broke like fourteen fucking bones making the goddamn movies and yeah. so forth and so on. Yeah. Also, you know, in so, real life, the bad guys don't wait for their turn. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. Not at all. And all of that cute shit. Like when yeah. dudes, like again, all of that cute shit. When there's somebody that lives two doors down from you that has an issue with you and they waiting out in front of your house at four o'clock in the morning while you're trying to go to fuck to work. Those are actually real life scenarios that that don't look glorified and mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and so I'm so glad that you say that, Crispy, because a lot of the dudes that come back, okay, you were in combat. Like, shut the fuck up. No, you weren't. You were an outlier making sure that the actual soldiers that was in the shit made sure they fucking Wi-Fi was intact. That's mm-hmm. actually what you were doing. But and that's valid. Public, and that's valid, too. And that's fine. Valid and but, necessary. But, yeah. But at the, it's valid and necessary, but don't, don't with this... Like, know your lane. Know your lane. Don't don't try to, you know, highlight this thing as if it's cool. We're actually supposed to not be in a lot of these conflicts that aren't actually wars in the first place. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, be on that. Like, we want... I know law enforcement officers that put their life on the line and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. They would much rather be at home not chasing a bunch of goofy shit mm-hmm. with yep. their family. Mm-hmm. You know? So, it, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah, I appreciate you for that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Listen, we hit we hit nine o'clock. Uh, yep. You know, uh, we did. Most of us did two hours. You came in here for the last oh, hour, lady. man, and, and took over. But that's good. That's what you do. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> that's all you did. No, it's cool. We will somehow we will convince you to come in and do a whole two hours. There you go. You know, no I mean, look at Crispy came in here and did it, man. He didn't. I'm just teasing you. I'm just no teasing doubt. you. Um, listen, I, I really do. I enjoyed this conversation. I, I think everyone out there enjoyed it as well. Uh, I do want to wrap it up here. Obviously, like Babyface, you know, he's tired. Everyone's been working and doing their thing all day. <laughs> we got we to take this down. We got to let him go eat something and these guys as well. So uh, let me just do this real quick here. Go around Babyface. How can if people out there want to follow up with you, how can they do that real quick? Uh, YouTube.com slash BabyfaceP will get you directly to my YouTube channel. Yes. Maj, Crispy, go subscribe to BabyfaceP <laughs> on YouTube. Okay? Do me a favor. Let those people see that. Uh, Maj, how can uh, people support you, man? Um, they can support the work that we do at Black Guns Matter. GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. And outside of that, I want you to follow all of these gentlemen. Subscribe to their channels. Learn and share. We are being shadow banned for pushing for freedom. Make sure that you're sharing these guys' information. Don't make sure that you're listening to what's being said. Um, and if you want to, you know, chop it up about anything. If you're going through something psychologically during this time, DM me at Maj Toure, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E. I'll send you my phone number. We can chop it up. You know, there's 22 veterans committing suicide a day out this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that during this time when there's high stress, we are all here for each other. So that's how you can help out the movement. Short term and long term. Absolutely. If you're seeing Marge Ture for the first time here, he's like this all the time. 
That's what I love yeah. about him. So <laughs> please, you know, uh, link up with him somewhere on social media or whatever it is. Support his efforts, man. He's he's really out here doing it. Crispy, how can the folks out there support you, man? Ah, oh, man, it, it, it's all good, brother. Let's go support uh, black. But black guns matter. I, I'm, you know, you can find me on anywhere. Uh, Crispy Levin B, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I mean. Fans only, you know, it, it, it's all the yeah. same. Uh, <laughs> only yeah, fans, man. only fans. Crispy will yeah, yeah. be up there. He'd be like, wait a second. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to go get thing, this. You know, Marshall's <laughs> saying, you know, if, if you need help, reach out. It's it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's an actually sign of, uh, of strength because it takes courage. Uh, uh, you know, you got to build up courage to ask for help. So don't be afraid. Reach out to somebody. If it's not one of us, reach out to a battle buddy. Reach out to uh to someone close to you and 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 just open up man you know let somebody in for once and and let them help you don't don't be stubborn you can't and you will never be able to fight this by yourself you know you had a team when you were in the service outside of the service whatever you do for work you've always had a team you work with you have a team out here as well so just reach out to anybody and, and get help Absolutely. Thank you. Crispy, it was an honor, man, for you to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, a lot of folks out there are huge fans of yours, and, uh, and I've seen you out there, and, um, you know, you, you're re- just really doing it. I've seen you take out, spend a lot of time, talk to a lot of people, uh, do a lot of work. It's much much appreciated on my behalf, and I'm sure these guys and all the folks out there. So thanks yeah, sure. thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to do this with oh, us. Oh, for sure, man. Absolutely. Sure. And if, if, there, if something does come up, that we could help you, and this goes to everyone everyone here. If something comes up, mm-hmm. like you're doing something, man, and we could help you out, please let us know. Give us an opportunity to like help you out. Yo, Marsh, send me a DM on, on IG, bro. I got yeah. you. I'm there you down. go. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone out there. Make sure you guys go to HankStrange.com. Uh, make sure that you uh, sign up for our email list. Thanks to Harry's Holsters. I'm going to drop the end on this right now. Please subscribe to the channel here. Ring the bell so you can be notified whenever we go live. Thanks to everyone. We will see you guys tomorrow. Everyone, the, the guys here on the panel, stay right here. We're, we're out of here. We'll see you guys. Peace. We're out.